Hey, yo, say hello to the back Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The no-no-sexo. The world is listening. Turkey to really, uh, really fully focus on us, but come on, be there, just let let your stomach grumble a bit more from digesting all that, all that turkey, and sit back and kind of relax to myself and my co-hosts, yes, I use plural, we'll get to that in a minute. 
yeah, so sit back, relax, and yeah. As I mentioned, co-hosts, I might as well introduce them both first. Uh, my standard co-host, Randy, is back again this week after his birthday extravaganza or whatever last week. How, how was it for you, Randy? I gotta say, on um, when I did have my birthday extravaganza a couple days ago for my 21st, it was pretty good. Some interesting things happened that cannot be talked about here. Well, not really that it's that bad, but not really the type of show for it. <laughs> also, a funny Frank, story. It didn't indeed. go as bad as The Hangover, hopefully. Well, at least not for me, or at least not what it could have been for me. But I gotta <laughs> say, I'm 21 now, trying to look for a job. I hear that there's a job opening somewhere on uh, as a puppeteer on Sesame Street. Anybody's heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I hope that joke woke you up from your trip to ca- tryptophan coma that you're probably in right now. Of course, eating all that turkey. I don't believe in that tryptophan shit. I don't probably get sleepy from turkey. I get sleepy from something else, of course, but I think... Going for that Sesame that. Street job, make sure you don't get felt up. Okay. Mm, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> in more ways than one, kids. Yeah. And uh, also joining us uh, to help out this week... Again, because uh, we tried to find an excuse with somebody eating turkey, and apparently nobody's eating turkey, so hopefully he can rescue it. Sandro! <laughs> hey, guys, how's it going? this Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, a lot. Uh, yeah, he rescued it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good Thanksgiving. It was all good. Very nice. So, uh, yeah. We'll jump into some of the news, and we'll start off with game shows. And we'll start off with Pro Wrestling Syndicate's announcer, and I believe Sean posted on the Facebook page, he's also done some stuff for CZW. Yep, he's a regular for CZW. Uh, He won on Price is Right. He got through to the showcase showdown and won, apparently, a fireplace uh, holiday... And a boat. Who is this that one again? Larry Legend. Larry Legend. Oh, shit. Larry Legend one. That's badass. <laughs> I'm going to need to watch that Price is Right. I'm going to need to look for that clip. Sadly, it doesn't have uh, Bob Barker. Price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> Drew Carey's an all right host. It's a lot slimmer. Yeah. It's just... Well, of course, I'll never be Bob Barker, but he's decent for what they have. So it's one of those where you either had to accept it or just be like, fuck it, not watch the show. Yeah. But Unless yeah, it's down to prices in any way. Let's just say he did a better job than Brian Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Kendrick did yep. not care too We well. did never find out what happened to that <laughs> gob stopper machine or whatever it was, bubble gum machine. Hmm. <laughs> He probably sold it. Yeah. Probably gave it to Bubba. <laughs> Maybe. Apparently his wife was sucking on something else. Oh, I went there. <laughs> she was tough enough for the job. <laughs> Speaking of sucking on stuff, um, yeah, that's a weird segue, but deal with it. Apparently you, one that of might Lynch- be a paperclip. If you get the reference, people are really laughing right now. A somewhat obscure reference. 
Yeah, that paperclip will go unmentioned because we don't want to get into litigation. But, yeah, Linda McMahon, apparently one of her campaign workers, uh, received a bounce check, which also contained a condom. What? So, so I don't know whether you can make any jokes about, uh, you know, going to the sperm bank to get a donation, or... I don't know, the check bounced because it was made out of latex or something. It was just, yeah, that seems a bit strange. Some people apparently did get paid and other people had their checks bounced and then this person got apparently the ultimate insult or something. Yeah, that's pretty interesting to have a a condom in your check. Like, I don't think you... Well, you really don't want to expect anything else other than the check in there, but now that you get a condom, it's like... Okay, who... Plus the check allegedly bounced. And that, too. So now the only thing worth anything in the envelope is the condom. Great job. <laughs> Who's ever there? I was thinking, okay, with this check, you haven't got any protection, so just in case... I don't know, but that's a very weird story, but I thought I'd bring it up because nobody else would because it's too trivial, but damn it, I'm making it trivial because it's it's Thanksgiving and we've got to find some way to basically uh, criticize her even further for uh, $100 million. All that money. Think it what it could have been spent on. Although, there is one deal that apparently is going through for international listeners to the SNS network and this show. Uh, we previously talked about Silver Vision uh, losing the deal to with WWE to produce DVDs and Blu-rays in the future. Well, this week, it turns out that's been resolved, and Fremantle Media, who do quite a lot of big stuff certainly in the UK and I think internationally as well uh, like dramas and comedy DVDs things like that they are going to be the new distribution partners and not only is it going to be DVD and Blu-ray but also digital so people won't have to go on iTunes through the WWE app to download the latest pay-per-view I'm guessing they're going to be able to download it digitally off the Fremantle website. Which, in all essence, is pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Because apparently the first DVDs that they've got coming up are like WrestleMania and the Attitude Era uh, DVD and the 100 Best Raw Moments that they've uh, already got coming out. I think it's coming out towards Christmas for America. But as ever, the Europe gets about a month on a month delay, but I'm pleased for that. Um, no doubt Sandro and Randy won't care because it won't affect them. No, not really. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the love here. This, 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 yeah, that's sad face. Anyway, let's, cool let's, story, let's get bro. some. 
Yeah, let's get some love back in the room. Okay, this is really turning into some kind of weird Jeremy Kyle episode. And I can make that reference because he's over there in America, goddammit. Uh, apparently, the big name that's being considered at the minute for the Hall of Fame is Mick Foley. Which obviously makes sense because of the New York connection. The Madison Square Garden and everything. And arguably, probably long overdue. Wouldn't you say, guys? Yeah, very much. Uh, of course, it, it does make sense. You know, obviously, our Hall of Fame is going to be in, in the Garden here in New York City. And, you know, there's also the rumors were that they wanted Bruno San Martino. But we all know that won't happen. So the best possible choice would be Mick Foley. And obviously, he would be the main event for the show. Yeah, Mick Foley in the Hall of Fame is should be in good choice some you could say it should have been made a while back which i do agree but then again being in tna kind of negated that for some time although he's been out since then so there was that but the new york connection does really serve well for mcfoley and possibly might have him headline the event if a bigger name is it pulled up well the other big names that have been rumored you ultimate warrior is a possibility along with San Martino also Randy Savage is obviously a possibility but I think the only Stonewall one that you'd say is uh, more likely than possible is certainly Foley and they were also thinking that The Rock but I just think Rock, Rock could still cement his legacy in the next couple of years if you know if he is going to headline WrestleMania. I don't think you'd. I don't think Stone Cold would be happy with the fact that uh, somebody got in the Hall of Fame while still having an active career. With the exception of Ric Flair, although that was negated, that would well, be negated Rick, at the time yeah. for the day after. Well, no, Rick was one last match as well before yeah. he. Even- went back and had to basically because of his alimony Rock came back because arguably Rock's departure from wrestling has been way longer than any of Ric Flair's yeah by far yeah by about seven years oh wait that's how long it was for uh, Rock yeah that tells you (laughs) you two two weeks later oh I'm out of retirement yeah get off Flair (laughs) hmm Speaking of Foley, though, apparently we've talked about the uh, Dynamite Kid documentary, and I mentioned last week that it got managed to get past its target on Kickstarter and is going to be put into production. Foley had been chosen and accepted the role of narrating the documentary, but WWE pulled him out. For obvious, probably re- for probable obvious reasons, should I say? So instead, it's our good buddy Davy Richards. Oh shit! Are you fucking now, no, 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 no. I will say this: this is pretty interesting that they picked Mick Foley in the first place, considering if you've seen, um, I believe it's, I think Mick Foley, the heart. Um, was it? I forgot which DVD it was released. 
it was like it wasn't hard knocks and cheap pops. It was I think the hardcore edition oh, or something like that. Hang on, I've got it somewhere. Damn it! It's the one that has it in the cat. It's like the Cactus Jack cover. Yeah, one. greatest hits and misses. There we go, greatest hits and misses. Uh, it shows his second ever match because the first one is lost forever, and it was him and some other job were against the British Bulldogs. And Dynamite Kid breaking Foley's jaw in the process. Yeah. Which is one thing I found interesting about that. Now that you have Davey Richards narrating it, now having seen the shoot interview he did, you know that he's a big Dynamite Kid fan. He talks about it. You can see it in his move set using the head button on moves. And apparently New Japan kind of thought of him as the new as like the new Dynamite Kid when he was there in New Japan until he kind of fucked that up. Although it wasn't necessarily his fault, the car accident and other stuff, but it might have been too many times that he no-showed. Mm. Your thoughts, Sandra? Well, I just can't believe he's been picked to do this. Um, that I'm just speech, I'm just speechless with what you just said. The the fact that he's doing that he might do the narration is I don't know. It's mind boggling to be honest. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I hope it's going to be a good documentary. I won't make any jokes over what I've done for the previous two or three weeks about Davey Richards and his attitude to some wrestling companies because I don't think he'd do that because he has because res- he has respect for the dynamite kid he won't shift anybody so uh, I'm, that's I, I, I would have been good to have Foley but I think Davey Richards is a interesting and probable decent replacement it's not like somebody that absolutely hates him so yeah, we, that's something to look forward to. Which, for what I a lot of people, yeah. Now this is something that really got me confused. David Otunga this week decided to raid all the local supermarkets and hypermarkets and all that and the marts to get every single hostess snack that was available <laughs> before they got shut down. Uh, of course, the irony is, one, it looks like the company isn't closing down now because they might be getting financial backing from Mexico if, if reports to be believed. Uh, secondly, um, he doesn't look to be the face of somebody that wants a load of Twinkies. And three, his wife is a spokesman for Weight Watchers. <laughs> I don't know whether this was publicity for his own ego or publicity for WWE or just he suddenly got a Twinkie craving the brother liked Twinkies man (laughs) that's why he went all crazy to buy everything that was in the store (laughs) he's watched too many times he's watched Zombieland too many times that's all I'm saying or maybe he saw the Family Guy episode too many times with the the Apocalypse episode? When they had to search all the Twinkies? Actually, I've, I've just noticed Randy hasn't said a lot. I bet it's because he's eating Twinkies. No, it's not because I'm eating Twinkies. I haven't even had them in years. I wouldn't mind wanting one now due to all this news. <laughs> <laughs> I might just need to go out and buy some. 
And I don't know. Right, I'm here. Subliminal like, messaging from Family Guy. Smoke. Oh yeah. Eat Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, Hostess and Canada is fine, as JJ pointed out in a post on the feed, as I've heard from other people. So they're fine with all this. They don't care. They could care less, even if Hostess did shut down here in good old America. America. <laughs> yeah. Um. And one last story that I've got is actually regarding the UFC. Or should I say ex-UFC? Because apparently Stephen Bonmar... Stephen Bonner. Stephen Bonmar. I misread my handwriting. That's genius. Stephen Bonmar uh, actually seemed to be considering going into pro wrestling after his defeat to Anderson Silva at UFC 154. The irony is, though, that he tested positive for steroids right after the fight. (laughs) Which basically means he isn't going to be considered by WWE or anybody anyway. Well, I don't know about that. I'm I'm pretty sure TNA will pick him up in a heartbeat. Regardless if he tested positive or not. It gives him an excuse to actually use King Mo. <laughs> That's true. The American I mean, Psycho versus King Mo. Well, hey, he's still got Jeff Hardy. You know, with all the shit he's done. I mean, they hired Scott Steiner. Do I need to go on? <clears throat> well, Scott Steiner is a legend, although I must say that a legend is, seems to be more truth than anything. <laughs> if you've seen it, well, Scott Steiner ever. Hell, they had Scott Hall too many times. True. <laughs> well, they'll always have people who break whatever wellness policy that there is, if there is one. Although, in this case, being steroids more than anything. Hell, look at, hell, even look at John Jones, if you want to joke on that. And he's still the champion. He had the <laughs> DUI. Mm-hmm. So, I was yeah. wondering, I'm just wondering if Steiner was 166 and two-thirds percent over the limit. <laughs> he probably was. I always wonder why Steiner took steroids because he was still a huge motherfucker to begin with. He's pretty buff when he started out. And there's even video on there, which I'm surprised I even found it, of him doing a 450 splash back in the 80s. What? I shit you not. This yeah. video is legit. Is this NWA? I don't know if it's NWA. He's the real sure. Justin Gabriel. Except you can understand <laughs> Justin Gabriel. <laughs> he would have done it before Too Cold did it, before anybody in Japan did it. I don't want to so- say sound too vague on that, but I'm not sure who would have invented the. Are four- you are you saying the 450 might have been invented by Steiner? Possibly. They call <laughs> it a one. And- got the numbers the right way around. <laughs> they call it a one and a half superfly in it, but it is pretty much a 450 splash. Wait, we're gonna have to. This. Now okay, people are gonna be searching we're for this. We're gonna have to review of this move next week. <laughs> I'm probably gonna look for the link right now. Dude. I'm looking at it right now. Hang on. Uh oh, uh oh. Sandro found it. He'll give you a somewhat live detail of what this is. And if you are a bit interactive with it, maybe you could go along with this at home while you're listening. Maybe we'll post a link on Facebook and then it can be like. The, the video version of this podcast or something. <laughs> I think that will probably happen. 
You want a visual video version? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. I don't know if it's this UFC thing. Trying to bring it back to that, but yeah. It's... I guess it makes sense for him to go into wrestling because quite a few UFC wrestlers past and present have expressed their interest in going into wrestling. I think. Yeah. So just see it. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, this I don't even see his face. I only see his back, so I can't even tell you if it is him or not. But it is okay. old. It's somebody impersonating Chevy Scott's diner. <laughs> it's his brother Rick, damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> Just imagine Rick doing a 450. <laughs> the bulldog splash. Oh, no, no, no. You know what's happened? The mask comes off, and it's Vince McMahon. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you can't really see his face. I don't know if this is legit or not, to be honest. <laughs> Speaking of shocking things, let's get to the Extreme Rising card. Mm. Yeah, because this this was shocking for various reasons. Uh, started off with Jay Bradley beating Christian York. I'm guessing that is the Christian York from TNA now. Yeah, I do believe so. They did. I did see on the poster he was advertised for him, and Jay Bradley is better known. I've seen in Resistance Pro that I'm really liking a lot. They're better known as Ryan Braddock back in WWE for his brief time on SmackDown back in late 2008, early 2009. He came around the same time that uh, Cole Kamana did as Scotty Goldman. And there was kind of some sort of title tourney match with... So Stephen Richards defeating the Greek god Papadon via submission. Now, is that Stephen Richards as in Stevie Richards or? More than likely, yeah, that's Stevie Richards. Oh, duh. He's entering twice, apparently. <laughs> or something. Then Luke Hawks defeated Perry Saturn via submission. Uh, then Team Blue Balls. Balls Mahoney and the Blue Meanie defeated uh, a local team by the name of De Los Boys. Don't think it's as good as the Soul Touchers, but anyway. Miss Kiefer Sutherland and, um, uh, shit, I'm trying to remember who was in the movie. Corey Feldman. Uh, there you go, Corey Feldman. I'm trying, uh, nah, the, uh, who is the brother? Um, uh, Jason Patrick. There we go. Miss Kiefer Sutherland and Jason Patrick. <laughs> Maybe. Um, when we had. Bestia666 defeating uh, Facade with a one-man Spanish fly through a table. Oh, that sounds interesting. I know Facade. I think I've seen Bestia666 before. All I remember talking about them last week is they look like Insane Clown Posse. (laughs) It might be a a different Facade because there's a a Facade in the indie scenes in Mexico. So I don't know who it is. Uh, something seems, seems it's like Mike, I think Michael Facade is what he also goes by to the ND one from when he does the spray paint. Yeah, I know you're talking about. And, and we have. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say in botches a lot. Uh, if you've seen Facade. Okay. <laughs> Blackout defeat the FBI. And then New Jack's music hits and he comes out with a garbage can full of weapons. When doesn't he? And attacks Blackout and then dies off the top of the bleachers and puts 
black G's for a table on the second try. <laughs> I smell botchamania there, people. Wait, who was on? Who was the FBI team? I think it was Guido and Mamaluke. Oh, uh, all right. I think. Well, basically, the reason why New Jack turned up is because they've already said that they're going to be taking on Blackout in a steel cage match uh, at their last show on December 29th. Yawn. Yeah, they're just promoting it, yeah. You know what that means? New Jack's music playing for 20 minutes throughout the match. (laughs) Yeah, steel cage match with that. It's going to look like a rave. (laughs) Speaking of Rave, next up we had Raven and come out saying the Extreme Revolution is dead and that Pitbull Gary Wolf didn't show up to fight him. I didn't even know that was supposed to be advertised. Uh, and so he's leaving. Then Stevie Richards stops him and challenges him to a match. And if Stevie loses, he has to leave uh, the company and basically, I guess, concede his title spot. Raven apparently sends in two kids and takes off and there's no match. Well done on scoring the fans. Again. <laughs> then, uh, in another tournament match, Devon, Devon, I keep, I was going to say Devon, Devon Storm defeated Sabu. Dangerous Devon Storm, aka Crowbar. And then also in the tourney, uh, we had Rhino de- defeating Homicide. Worth noting, no Jerry Lynn. Um. Secretly makes me think Jerry Lynn's coming to Shikar in two weeks. Yes. Well, he is set for final battle then in ECW in January for Guilty by Association, his last show there. Now, I know there's some rumors that apparently he's willing uh, to face Lance Storm possibly at some event. If Lance Storm comes out of retirement. I could see him doing that. That would probably be one of his, what might be the last match, because apparently Jerry Lynn wants to retire by around WrestleMania time Around April, anyway. So I have to see. But then the main event, Shane Douglas versus Matt Hardy. Ugh. First thing to note is uh, Reby Sky actually came out with Matt which kind of relates to what we'll talk about in a, a, in a minute as well. She, she Reby was supposed to appear on Shine's pay-per-view, but apparently she had family issues. So the family issues clearly were, uh, my boyfriend is going to get the shit beaten out of him, or something. But, yeah, Matt Hardy goes for a... I've seen the video of this. Matt Hardy goes for a leap off the top ropes... Luke Hawks shoves him off the turnbuckle and he smacks his head on the concrete bad. I knew there was video of this, but I have yet to see this, but that does not sound good for Hardy. I think Sandra might give you the link to it. We don't actually see him hit the floor, but uh, you hear the crowd guy go, oh, shit. And um, you see him get pushed, and you could see the way he was pushed. He didn't. 
he wasn't going the right way. But anyway, after this, everybody started running in. Basically, anybody in the locker room that had legs. And then Enter Sandman, music hits, uh, Sandman comes in. Sandman and Homicide go left in the ring face to face. Sandman kings the crap out of him. Douglas power bombs Sandman. I, I think no. Douglas power bombs Homicide through the table, and the show ends with Douglas, Sandman, and Perry Saturn standing in the ring. So the old, the old guys are on top. Yeah, the old guys are on top. I don't think Shane Douglas was a part of Team Extreme and TNA. No, he wasn't, because he, he would come later during the Raven, um, James Mitchell feud. Was he? Perry Saturn was in it. It was Saturn, Sandman, Carino, I think, made a couple appearances. New Jack, incredible, yeah. But word is that Matt Hardy was going into convulsions and he was basically told to stay down and just lie down. Even while the crowd were being taken out. So for all we know, he might have still been lying there. Had it not been for his tweets saying that he wasn't. And that stupidly he refused medical attention. Mm-mm-mm. Which I... I've, What's your thought? It's, um, I don't know if... Have, have you seen it now, Randy? Or No, not yet, but... Well, Sandro, what are your thoughts on Matt Hardy basically nearly screwing up his career in more ways than one? Well, first off, uh, first off, I haven't even seen the footage, so I can't even really tell you. Um, I don't know what the hell he's think, what he was thinking, basically not receiving any medical help. I mean, what the hell is he trying to prove? I mean, seriously, if you were almost, and God forbid, if he was almost dead or something, I mean. Don't just just say that like no, I don't want no help. But go get help. You I think hurt. He, I think you'd okay. want to know. Sorry to cut you out there, Sandra, but I think you'd want to know that you're at least hurt before you're at least going into battle. I understand being the tough guy, not necessarily that you should like go after a concussion or whatever he suffered as a result of this. But at least if he knew what it was, he could probably better prepare himself for his next match or actually wait on it and maybe take the doctor's advice or whatever advice the doctor would have given him if he'd taken the help but it's on him I don't I'm not sure he should have it seems a dumb decision but hopefully it doesn't lead to anything bad for Hardy in the near future yeah and two two things um, second uh uh, for Reby to just um, skip out on the Shine pay-per-view and to be on that show, I mean, something tells me she won't be back. Yeah, they <laughs> might be pretty pissed considering they were, she's in the middle of a storyline with Jessica Havoc, which she's being treated like a big deal there in Shine, which she should be. <laughs> Is Gabe the booker for Shine? I am not, I think it's, um, it's, they just, they're like, Partners with him, but not Gabe. De- yeah, Gabe's just partners with him with WWE in line. It's uh, I okay. believe it's Lexi Fife and Daphne. Ooh, yeah, she won't be back. She was on the poster and everything. Yeah, 
And lastly, the, the only thing that I like about this show is Raven saying, the Extreme Revolution is dead. And it's true. <laughs> it is dead. Leave it dead. Don't try to revive it for like the 10th time. Uh, I'm I'm sick of this crap. Uh, I mean, Grant, look, I'm I'm an ECW fan. You know, I've watched it. You know, from '98 to its to its end. I like it, but try to bring it back with the the same guys who are let's face it, they're not in their prime. They can barely go after all the bumps they took. Just leave it alone. Move on. Oh, I'm sorry, get, chat. We got to get that chant going. EC 54.0. EC 54.0. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Just leave it to like. Just leave it to the chance of ECW. If you see one of these wrestlers show up at whatever event, and just have it at that. <laughs> Fine yeah, with yeah. them chanting ECW because yeah, that's where they got their fame. But yeah, if they renamed it as a totally different promotion and removed all a lot of the connotations of ECW out of it, which would be kind of hard considering what who the talent is. So. Yeah. Oh no! When that goes away, maybe if it last, eh, maybe it will last for a while. I highly doubt it, but we'll see what happens. I hope it doesn't last. I want the thing to fail. <laughs> <laughs> and that's then, the truth. From that, we might as well give them what we just talked about a bit there. Let's talk Shine Five. Uh, Sandra, have you got the results up? Yes, I do. And uh, the first match that started off the pay per view was a uh, sassy Steph. Stephanie defeating Heidi Lovelace in a match. Uh, the next match it was Nia defeating Marty Bell. Mm, Marty uh, Bell, who she I saw her on the DGSA stuff, and then Sassy Steffi, of course, from um, Midwest Militia. Yeah. The next match was uh, Sue Young defeating Sojo Boat, who you might remember from TNA during her stint there. Uh, Santana oh, defeated Nick. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry about that. How brief it was. Yeah. <laughs> Next up was uh, Santana defeating Nikki St. John. The next match was a tag team match, which was Made in Sin, consisting of Allison Kay and Taylor Made defeating Levy Bates and Kimberly. What cosplay was she wearing? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't got that on. I'm doing on the those. research now. <laughs> uh, the next match was uh, Athena defeating Evelise, who you might remember from the WWE when she was uh, Sofia Cortez, who competed in the last season of Tough Enough. And BFFs with Paige back in FCW. The next match uh, was Jessica Havoc versus Nikki Rocks, but the match... Didn't there was really no result because it ended in a double count out. They were basically Burnley on the outside and they got counted out. The fans weren't happy about this. But Where have we seen we'll this before? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we'll get a rematch in the future. And the main event was the tag team of Jazz and the returning Amazing Kong who were known as Rhythm and Bruise, defeating the team of Mercedes Martinez and Rain. Now, this match I am looking forward to watch. And basically from what I heard about the match, uh, Rain didn't... She got hurt during the match, as I believe she got a sprained wrist, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. 
I know she suffered the uh, implant buster. Yes. She's nearly as... I'm still trying to find out. Because I'm still... I can't tell from that image where she is. (laughs) And Google's taking forever to load. Well, I remember she posted a photo of it on Facebook uh, after the match. After the show, excuse me. It, It looked pretty bad. Mm-hmm. It's not a good sign for rain. And speaking of hand injuries, did you see the one that Colt Cabana had or the infection? Oh, yeah. So Damn, that was That's the infection. Good. Yeah. That was pretty bad. But we wish uh, Colt and rain a speedy recovery. Absolutely. Uh, any uh, Mexico or Japan news for you, Sandra? Uh, not much that was newsworthy, but uh, I think we should uh, give the results out from Chikara's uh, cybernetical rises that happened this past Sunday afternoon. Okay, I'm now looking at her um, cover photo, I think. Is that, is that what it's called, cover photo? No, no. The thing that goes at the top that isn't your profile picture. Yeah. Apparently in that picture she's dressed like Spider-Man. <laughs> oh no, I'm just looking. Apparently the the picture that she's got up, her t-shirt says Thing 1 on it. Oh yeah, Thing 1 and Thing 2 were the Kimberly Labour boots. There we go. I'm, I still don't know what the... Thing one and thing two references. Oh. Is that to the can the hat? Are you serious? Hey, I don't know Dr. Zeus. Oh my god. Come on, man. That's what everybody knows Might that. I'll put on. my head in a noose. Must have been an American thing. I guess. <laughs> don't make me go or I'm going to sing. <laughs> oh shit, this is turning into rhyme. Alright, let's go for this another time. What? Damn! Alright. Um, so with that, I think I'm not going to make this rhyme at all. Yes. So, yeah, after with that, uh, that was all the news for uh, this week's show that we're going to cover. Uh, next up, uh, we're going to talk a little cerebral from CZW. A review from both Sandro and Randy for that card. So... With that, we uh, will go to commercials and we'll see you in a few minutes. Public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. 
Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Jameson? No, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, What the fuck? Where have you been? Slap! <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back. When he said, you know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how can you, in all honesty, be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it? <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else while you walk to the mailbox to get the mail she's fucking somebody else when you come inside and turn on the tv and have a cup of tea she's fucking somebody else then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy she comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else <laughs> Then she comes home, you tell the bitch that you want dinner, she makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed, and you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea, she's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling, and of course some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, triple W dot headlocks to headlines.com. What's up, guys and gals? This is Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing. Video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out 
every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. Take the baseline out. Uh huh. Chill go. Bounce with it. Let it bump though. Some of the hottest cars New York has ever seen. Welcome back to the second segment of the whole indie show with myself, Randy, and Sandro. And it's time to talk a little hardcore wrestling, which I know isn't to everybody's tastes. You mean ultraviolet wrestling? No. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, ultraviolet. Anytime ultraviolet is said, parental discretion is advised. Probably. Unless you're drinking Kruvy. Especially mm-hmm. if Necro Butcher's involved. <clears throat> or the reputation of Davey Richards. Oh, wait, I said I wasn't going to bring that up. Anyway, uh, the Cerebral Show. Well, when we a- talk about Night of Infamy. <laughs> <laughs> the Cerebral Show from last month, October the 13th. Uh, quick mention that there were a couple of pre-show matches where Rex Lawless beat Kit Osborne and Young Money, Mr. Nate Carter, and the DMC beat Draw. Is it yeah, Drolix or yeah, yeah Drolix right. and Biff Busick or Buzzick? But yeah. anyway, that's the pre-show. That doesn't matter. Let's get to the main show and something that definitely matters because it's Sammy Callahan, people, and he was taking on Pepper Parks. This was an interesting match here. You, uh, the show started off with Pepper Parks coming out with his valet Cherry Bomb, who I think I read as his fiance. I believe I don't know for sure. He was coming out demanding competition, talking bad, throwing a few cuss words in, just your basic CZW promo. Or almost some indie promos, depending on some companies or some periods of times. And out comes Sammy Callahan, or well, more specifically, OI for K. And the whole crew being Sammy Callahan, the Chris brothers, and uh, Jake Chris' wife, uh, Nevea. Then Sammy Callahan comes out and accepts Pepper Park's challenge. Oh, yeah, through all that promo, that was pretty much a challenge there. And this was interesting that they had a match due to the fact that they used to, back in HWA, they were a part of the crew, which also had another famous wrestler that uh, known as John Moxley, who's better known as Dean Ambrose, that's finally getting seen on WWE TV and one some people have felt long past overdue. And Callahan got the victory here in a pretty good match with the uh, um, with the stretch muffler. And I'm liking Pepper Parks. He, I remember I saw him in a match he had with Adam Cole and ROH. That was pretty good. He just had a tryout recently on WWE taking on Fandango, which is weird because who else faced Fandango recently in a, a dark match? Mm-hmm. Being Sammy Callahan. And I know that Pepper Parks is pretty interesting. He... His gimmick, not nec- he reminds me of kind of him and Cherry Bomb if they do go places. They'll remind me of uh, like Adam Cole and Mia Yim if they were a few years older. <laughs> Sandra, your thoughts? Well, I got to say, this was the, the first time I've seen uh, Pepper Parks. Although I have, I have heard his name before uh, about the last four years ago. I heard his name wrestling throughout the Buffalo, New York area. Uh, he actually impressed me uh, during this match. Like Randy said, this was actually a pretty good opening match. Uh, 
uh, it was pretty much very back and forth, uh, but Sammy Callahan got the win. And it was interesting because after the match, of course, Novella and Cherry Bomb just started to fight on the outside after the match was over. And then Sammy Callahan grabs on the mic and says, well, we might as well see two bitches fight right now. And, of course, this leads into the next match, which was Novella taking on Cherry Bomb. Randy, what were your thoughts about this match? Mm, this was an interesting match, to say the least. Cherry Bomb, very interesting to me. I've seen some of her work. I know there's a match that she had with Veda Scott that's very infamous to me, uh, that she had AIW, especially if you see the ending. And I want to say Cherry Bomb did this move of the match. I forgot for sure. It's where she drop kicks the ass of her op- of her opponent, and it sends them headfirst into the post. <laughs> did she do that to Nevea in the mast? I don't. I don't know if she yes, did. She there. did. Okay, so she did do it there. Yeah, if you see the one she did to Veda Scott, that one was really nasty. Veda Scott yeah. taking that bump like a champ, almost like Nigel McGuinness, like in that. If you <laughs> remember the nasty bumps he took with the uh, post. Yeah, this was a pretty decent match uh, from what I saw. This is the first time I've seen both of these women, and uh, they were going at it uh, strong style during parts of the match. Uh, yeah. I actually enjoyed it. Big uh, Cherry Bomb, they said, had wrestled in Japan before. Not sure. But uh, anyways, but anyways, the match ended when uh, Cherry Bomb missed a missile dropkick from the top rope, and Novea hit a running knee to uh, Cherry Bomb's chin for the win. And the rest of 4i4k uh, came out uh, to celebrate her with the win. Mm. Uh, then it's worth mentioning that DJ Hyde came out and announced that they're doing a doubleheader show with Evolve's uh, pro wrestling brand. I think yeah, December eighth, so a few weeks from now. So you, for those of you that don't like hardcore wrestling, watch Evolve. <laughs> Sorry, ultra violent. <laughs> but anyway, next up we've got Dustin Ray's taking on Ruckus. Uh, Randy, um, this was an interesting match. Nothing really. Well, I should really say interesting match. I want to say every match is. It was, it was just kind of there. Just the uh, Ruckus have uh, doing his stuff. Dustin Ray's who. I like kind of the gimmick he has, but he's kind of going nowhere with it and kind of has been almost for a long time, even though there's been many times where it seems like he's about to do something or break out or so. So I don't know. We'll go with that. Uh, Ruck is getting the win with a roll up and and maybe this, maybe Dustin Ray's losing will lead to something more with his bionic Dustin Ray's now, of course, with the tight, uh, I don't know if it's titanium, but I know he has metal in his leg due to breaking his leg at last year's cage of death and another injury he suffered. And, and this was a short match, but Ruckus would be involved in something a bit more important later on. Uh, not too later, uh, <laughs> the next match. <laughs> Let's just put it at that. Sandra? Yeah, this was a pretty decent match. Uh, I've seen Ruckus before. He did his usual stuff. Uh, you know, Like I said, it was decent. And, uh, you know, I actually liked his uh, his finisher move, the back row, which was basically he basically rolls back his opponent and then he turns it into like a fisherman suplex. Oh, he won! Oh, he did with the win with the bank roll, right? Yeah. God but damn that, it! Is that what pondering? Uh, oops. 
It was yeah, it's called the bankroll, the fit the the roll through into the fisherman. That's how he won best of the best too, beating Austin Aries back in oh six. Oh, okay, because from the commentary, I thought they said the the back roll, so that's what I thought. Oh they, no, the bankroll, yeah. Okay, that's my fuck up. That's just not that they. Uh, well, yeah, it still kind of is a roll up, but yeah, the bankroll is what it is. So that confused me looking at that. <laughs> Next up, we had uh, Greg Excellent taking on Black Jesus. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Sandra, your thoughts on this match? Uh, I got to say, I, I kind of enjoyed this match. Uh, you know, there were a couple of comedy spots. Uh, you know, that kind of in- I enjoyed. Uh, Greg Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this was somewhat a back and forth match. Uh, a Black G actually held his own against Excellent, and it was a decent match. I enjoyed it uh, for what it was. Um, let's see. Uh, I think the finish came when. I'm trying to read it here. Okay, yeah, uh, Black G was going for a sunset flip, but couldn't get Greg over, and uh, Greg Excellent decided just to sit down and. Just for the pin, and he got the win. Although I should mention, uh, before that happened, uh, for some reason, uh, Black G's decided to take off Greg Excellence attire uh, throughout that part. I don't know why he did that, but that was kind of weird. It's usually done by Excellent himself, but in this case, <laughs> Black G's decided to take it off to uh, to have on. I think he had the, yeah, the Superman underwear. Or whatever he usually wears. So was it Greg Excellent on Magic Mike? Uh, well, Greg Excellent's been doing this for a while, so he would predate Magic Mike in that sense. But that's what led to it, as I'm reading it, to probably the best way to describe it: the tea bag pin. Especially when it's just <laughs> him without the it's him without the outfit on. So yeah, that's. That smell took <laughs> took Black G's down for the three count, and there was some pretty good uh, comedy spots here. Also, this was Black G's return match in CZW, because as you know, he's made a few appearances on some promotions that a lot of people see, apparently. I don't know why. Well, I can't really. I should make a joke about that. But yeah, he was, of course, appearing on WWE and TNA in recent months, and even being referenced in this match in a pretty funny comedy spot where Greg Excellent uh, forces Black G's to motorboat his hairy chest. But before he uh, does that, he's, <laughs> he says, Richard Cameron sucked. <laughs> you know what? I agree. <laughs> I know it would have been pretty much the same Black G's, just a different name. Him being Black G's being Black G's just as Richard Cameron. <laughs> But, yeah, but what Richard wasn't that good on the mic. Black G's can actually do good promos. Mm, I don't know. It must have been just the promo he did, but it felt like the same. Either way, there was much bigger things to have happened in this as Ruckus and Robbie Moreno, as Greg Excellent is changing, attacks Greg, lays him out, and guess what, folks? The original Blackout is back. Mm-hmm. It's all reunited. And now it might seem weird for those of for those of you listening, as we were mentioning Blackout Wrestling and Extreme Rising. And CZW, they have that's where they originally started. It was Ruckus, uh, Robbie Moreno, Black G's, who was at the time Sabian, and uh the recently retired Joker as Blackout. They would include Eddie Kingston as part of it, Chrissy Rivera was there, 
for a long time until she left with Alex Cologne when they did the re, uh, the reunited blackout. Rick Swan was there, but was busy in Japan, so you didn't really see him there. And then you'll hear about Rick Swan later in the show. Um, and now this is the first time we've had the original blackout in about three years, I want to say. Maybe three or four years they've been together. Because after that, Robin Moreno ended up turning on him at one point to to, uh, to manage with the best around. And then he ended up winning the rights to the name in a horrible ladder match at High Stakes 4. When they showed on a Botchamania not too long ago, but that match was bad. <laughs> is that that famous video where they like constructed very high ladders? It was yes! Literally... Oh my god. The one where Eddie Kingston was getting pissed off, like... He was. They even they were bringing it up like Eddie Kingston was getting mad. Although it had a cool spot at the end, to say the least. Although a pretty shitty match. Though. I never understood that concept. I don't even know how you win that match, to be honest. It just how they built it was weird, and then like a lot of blown spots didn't help it. And the best around, who wasn't too bad of a tag team, didn't really help them out, even though they got the victory. And also Ruckus no showed, which was why Eddie Kingston was in it. Mm. Where you probably won the match was actually just f- somehow get up the ladder because that's an achievement. <laughs> so, that's, yeah. next up now. I don't know if this is for the tag titles because it isn't listed here, but it was. it was the the bitter feud that's been going on over the last few months between Four Loco and the Nation of Intoxication. Yes, there has been. Yeah, this this match was for the ZZW Tag Team Titles. Uh, of course, the champions coming into this match was the Nation of Intoxication, Danny Havoc, and Devin Moore, uh, taking on the team of Four Loco of uh, Bandito Jr. And at this point, what we thought was supposed to be Azriel, but it turned out to be Alex Cologne, but only for a short time. Uh, bef- before the match even started, Cologne was on the mic saying that Azriel couldn't be there. But within five seconds later, he did, came from the back and attacked the, the current champions. And then it turned into a somewhat of a free bird rule during this match. But of well, course, I'll explain it when I get to me. Well, I was going to say uh, it didn't last because uh, the ring announcer, Larry Legend, said that Alex Cologne is not officially in the match. So he was out. He was sent to the back end. It was a, a regular tag match, and Azriel was officially in the match. And then he won a speedboat. Like he was already announced, yeah. Because <laughs> Alex Cologne was bringing up how if the Nation of Intoxication used the free bird rule, which they had been doing as a result, uh, they can you do it too, which was all a ruse, just so Azriel can do the Pearl Harbor job and get the advantage on Morin Havoc. Yeah, I got to say, this was a really good match, in my opinion. Uh, there were a lot of good uh, tag team spots in this one. Um, I was kind of, uh, this was the first time I seen uh, Bandito Jr. And uh, I seen Azriel a couple of times. I even seen them live a few months ago. Uh, I kind of liked their, their their team and uh, some of the double team that they did on uh, so, uh, the Havoc and more. I thought this was a really good match. Uh, the finish came... Uh, this was actually a really good uh, finish. Um, I believe what had happened. Okay, Dude, uh, yeah. the chair got brought out somehow. I do remember that. Yeah, 
Yeah, Havoc was going for a superplex on a chair to Azriel, but uh, Bandito Jr. stopped that from happening. And uh, Bandito Jr. Uh, gave a powerbomb to Havoc on a chair, but it wasn't, it wasn't laid out chair. It was open. So he basically powerbombed him on the seat, which looked pretty bad. And then uh, both Bandito Jr. and Ezreal, they this was interesting. I actually like this spot. Uh, they did double a, team finisher. Foot, uh, a double foot stomp and DDT combination. And this looked wow. really good. And with foot, that... Uh, oh, sorry. Let's finish. No, uh, with that, uh, they got the three count and became the new ZZW Tag Team Champions. Um. Yeah, this was an interesting match. One, it wasn't too bad, but to me, it was one that's been going on a while because this feud's really been going on around, and there hasn't been too much in the tag division in CZW. Although to say that's starting to change a little bit more now, but it's still been kind of stagnant somewhat. But this was still a decent affair from the two, uh, from the four, or for the two teams, or. Four competitors in, and yeah, the foot uh, f- that foot stop eight at DDT is a nasty finisher on its own, let alone yep. onto the chair to for Ezra and Bandito Jr. to regain their belts that they lost from the Nation of Intoxication. So, for Loco getting the upper hand now on the NOI leading into Night of Infamy, but this would not be this would not be the last Nation of Intoxication versus Four Loco match, as we'll find out a little later on. Mm. But uh, before that, there was another match with Latin Dragon taking on Drew Gulak. Mm, this match was it was whatever. It was an okay match. The story going into it was that how Latin Dragon had injured Alexander James and Tofiga. Well, he didn't really injure Tofiga, but he was in the match where Tofiga broke his. I, was, I think it was an ACL, but he broke his. Uh, he broke his leg. Uh, pretty much, and how and how Drew Gulak and Kimberly were pretty much the last left in the Gulak uh, campaign. Gulak campaign for a better combat zone. Even though I remember they said on one of the la- on one of the last shows that before Loco has an alliance with them, but uh, uh, but for all intents and purposes, pretty much Gulak and lead left. And then, well, Alexander James was there at ringside, although with a neck brace over himself. And, um, and that ended up, I think, yeah, Latin Dragon ended up doing a dive onto Alexander James at one point, re-injuring his neck or something, but hurting him. And then Gulak pretty much got the win with the uh, Gulak, which is a dragon sleeper with the body scissors. Yeah, like Randy said, uh, this was this was a decent match. You know, it was all right. Uh, the first time seeing Land Drank for the first time, I, I thought he was a, I thought he was good for what he did, and yeah. Uh, after the match, uh, DJ High came out to basically support Drew Gulak's campaign for a better combat zone, and then he made a couple of announcements after this, uh, basically saying that from now on, air horns, air horns in the building during any ZZW event will be banned from any show, and they will be ejected from the building, which. Kind of got the fans pissed off at this point. What happens if every fan came with an air horn? Then they'd have no crowd. Then it'd be like an Extreme Rising show. Oh! <laughs> you, one thing about the crowd that's interesting, other than really kind of the air horn stuff in some matches, as I'm reading the report, I got to agree with this, this crowd was dead. 
Like, this was not a good crowd at the Flyer Skate Zone this time around. And the if thing was, there, if it wasn't for the air horns, it would have been used. <laughs> yeah, like, you had the Tremont, when they had the Tremont thing go down, or is this when it happened when he, um, oh yeah, this is when it happened. Yeah. I'm pretty much foreshadowing it. Yeah, but the crowd was not, and there's, and this was at, uh, when you go by the matches, as we'll go on, and as an early preview of how it was, this was a decent card. But yeah, the crowd really hurt it in terms of that atmosphere. It just was kind of, it felt. Yeah, and it's weird because they're they're starting to use uh, this venue like all the time well, like on a regular basis now, and I don't know what's going on with the crowd. To be honest, I really don't get it. I'm surprised they don't stay in Philly. They had the one venue for Ariel Salt Boyle's Gym, I believe so, but they've never used it since then. Yeah. It might be a that might be some kind of issue going on with there. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that sucks. It, but well, hopefully they can. The crowd gets better. When they had about two hundred, they said that's not a bad turnout. But at least the crowd sounds better. Hopefully, probably be a bigger turnout for Cage of Death. I can imagine. So there's that to look for for them. Yeah, and then next up, as uh, Randy teased, another four loco versus Nation of Tinkers. Wait, wait, wait! Before that, wait, Matt Tremont oh. and kicking. Um, DJ Hyde um, dissing Matt Tremont's wife in words. I forgot what exactly he said, although very, uh, very profane <laughs> description of his wife. I would say what it was, regardless of the words used, but I did forget at the time what he called her, and then that pissed you called him Melinda Hogan? Oh, my God. No, <laughs> something worse than that. It's like, I think he called her like a fat fucking bitch or something like that. I forgot exactly what it was, but it was pretty hurtful. <laughs> and Matt <laughs> Tremont was pretty pissed about that, leading to him getting kicked out of the arena. And not allowed, not allowed back in, was it? Yeah. But of course, that all would change at Night of Infamy. <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned last week. But yeah, Four Loco Nation Intoxication was up next with... Alex Colon, I'm guessing without an Azrael mask this time. <laughs> Taking on Nation of Intoxications, Lucky 13. Yeah, uh, Cologne and 13 had a match here. Cologne in his quest to beat all the members of the Nation of Intoxication, having already, already beaten Devin Moore. And um, now going after Lucky 13, this time Alex Cologne getting the win here with, I think it was a Lion Tamer. Or a yeah. yeah, it was a lion tamer. I forgot what the name of it was. I think it necessarily had a name, but Alex Klum wins with the lion tamer, beating Lucky 13 and leading into Night of Infamy, where him and Danny Havoc will face off in an ultraviolet rules match. Alex Klum trying to prove that he can beat Danny Havoc in his specialty, which he proved against Devin Moore back at Redemption. And then uh, Brawl breaks out again between four local and Nation of Intoxication, ending with. For uh for Loco um uh standing tall at the end and injuring Devin Moore in the process some more as well. I believe I forgot they did some type of move to him that looked brutal. Well basically what they did was they decided to have a chair as an open chair and place on on top of uh the chair on Devin Moore's ribs. And I believe it was Ezreal who hit a double foot stomp and yes, it that's what happened. fucking brutal. Unbelievable. 
Yeah, Ezreal's double stomps are pretty nasty. He has one the nastier kind of double foot stomps. With the exception probably being low-key. Yeah, but back to the match. I, I, this was another good match. Uh, there were a lot of uh, sick bumps in this one. Um, I think uh, before the finish even came, uh, I remember Alex Cologne hit a half-Nelson suplex on the apron. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I'm kind of surprised he wasn't seriously hurt after that. But like I said, this was a good match. I actually enjoyed it. It was all that cocaine Lucky 13 did that made him not feel it. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't very lucky for him. <laughs> anyway. Uh, for Charlie 13. If you get that, if you've seen what, uh, it'll do the paper clip for you. He pretty, to me, he looks like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I thought it was a reference to Charlie Sheen. <laughs> uh, well, the Coke reference, possibly, but no, that was a reference. Inadvertently, it was. <laughs> Inadvertently, yeah, it was. Because you can't mention Coke without Charlie Sheen, who's like the next king of Coke, this side of Tony Montana. <laughs> but so anyway. Have, yeah, penultimate match next. Match Ohio I was looking was forward to. Yeah, Ohio is for killers, the Chris brothers, Jake and Dave, taking on the dynamic du- dudes. Sorry, the dynamic duo. <laughs> Funny it was the dynamic dudes. Don't skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> or these dudes in general don't skateboard. <laughs> Rich Swan and ACH on a skateboard. Sandro, <laughs> your thoughts? <laughs> well, first off, I kind of surprised they didn't come out with the Batman theme, but that's a good story. <laughs> Anyways, uh. I, I got to say, uh, I was actually looking forward to this match. Um, when Swan and ACH came out, they kind of remind me of the primetime players, uh, simply because they were dancing, the way, <laughs> dancing their way to the ring. All, all that was missing was them saying millions of dollars over and over again. <laughs> yeah, these guys are th- – this is a team I really want to see more. They're very charismatic, <laughs> both yeah. of them in general, but <laughs> together. Uh... If Gabe was smart, he would book them in Dranga USA Morley as a tag team. Well, more ACH. He, Swan's pretty much in because he wrestles in Dragon Gate. Although yeah, but like, I want to see this tag team more in Dragon Gate USA. Hopefully, though. I think even though it's, I think Swan and Ricochet probably more now. But yeah, ACH definitely needs to. Oh well, yeah, and um, and uh, Fearless. Yeah, they team together. What am I saying? Yeah, you should, Gabe. If you're listening to this, which we probably got to forward something. Be interesting if we got the interview with Gabe, but we want to see Rich Swan and ACH tag team. Somebody said, somebody send Gabe a tweet. Tell me what more we, ACH. If we can somehow influence team. somebody's show booking, that would be kind of weird and epic at the same time. Well, that's wishful thinking if you've heard Aaron Epic's story with Gabe Sapolsky over trying to get booked. <laughs> Plenty of stuff JJ said suddenly got booked on WWE. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And then that TNA talk about them stealing stuff seems to be seems to start gaining more and more uh, levity or grounds with a lot of stuff they've been doing. But that's another subject for another show. Or maybe I can go on and talk about it since I don't talk about no. TNA on any other show. We'll round we'll about it next week when there's no indie shows to cover. Or there's or we'll no, just, well, certainly there's no big live indie shows that are certainly on iPay-Per-View from any of the big, big brands like 
Ring of Honor don't have another one for a few weeks and Shikara's in a couple of weeks and CZW is uh, CZW's probably got New Jack involved well dude at the one show but I think that's all you're going to see of him <laughs> New Jack's just going to randomly appear when he feels like it <laughs> Hornswoggle was it's out so- with Great Carl Lee oh god it's New Jack's music <laughs> Oh man, that would be a sight to see on WWE one day. <laughs> That's the ultimate six man tag. Oh, Good, yeah. the bad, and the ugly. Work oh. out which one's which, people. <laughs> As we devolved into that, back into the match at hand, which a lot of this derailing was on my head. So, anyway, uh, Irish Airborne versus the Dynamic Duo. This was a. This was arguably my favorite match on the show. Although the main event was pretty good, I'd say I really enjoyed this tag match here. Really wanted to see Diamond Duo possibly pull it off, but the Chris brothers are the guys getting the push here. So to Sarah had been on a roll, that was late and even on a bigger roll when they beat the Briscoes at Night Infamy. I could see them possibly be the next tag champs, especially now that they're pretty much faces now. Even though with the exception of really Jake Chris, the uh, Callahan and... Um, Dave Chris were heels for a good amount of this year. <laughs> but they're over, so there's that. And then, uh, of course, the finish coming with um, Shane Strickland distracting Swan, and I believe uh, I forget, uh, Senator will probably vouch it for me, but I know they... Did they hit the Tombstone Piledriver finish? The D-Drop the, the, uh, the 8 Tombstone Piledriver finish? Yeah, they, they hit the Iron Shot, which was basically... Tombstone and double foot stomp uh, combination uh, for the win. Uh, I got to say, th- this was a really great match. Uh, uh, I ha- it's been a while since I've seen uh, the Christ Brothers uh, teaming, uh, and they look really good, uh, as well as uh, the dynamic duo. Uh, it's the first time I've I seen this, uh, their stable, uh, Ohio is for Killers, and I actually like their concept. I think it's really cool. Uh, I, they're pretty over with the fans. Yes, and, uh, yeah, that's why I put that because yeah. they're like pretty much supposed to be healed, but they're over, so <laughs> we're faces. <laughs> yeah, it's the NWO formula, somewhat. Yeah, like, like, and I've talked about the it with Jim CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, like, Sammy Callahan is just over in CZW now, which is funny considering years ago he was really hated and was the subject to many air horn abuse. I don't know. <laughs> If, if we're talking about Night of Infamy and the fact that he wanted to take a shit in the ring. Yeah, no, the fans probably cheered that. Yeah, Sammy is pretty much over as over you can get. He, he's that Nick Gage over for anybody that sees ZZW because Nick Gage was in like a god mode at one point with the fans before he uh, before he ended, before he robbed the bank and now in jail where he's at. <laughs> you hear that, Wesley Snipes? Anyway, uh, uh, main event, the, the World Heavyweight title on the line, another one of these Masada Championship Open matches, and this time he was taking on Necro Butcher. Somehow I think this match involved flowers and kindness. Oh, no, wait, it's Necro Butcher. And Masada. Yeah. Well, before well before we yes, go through this match, something did happen. Uh, Joe Gacy came out and uh, he wanted to cut a promo, and uh, 
for some reason before that happened, uh, Christina Von Erie came out with a, a 40 ounce of uh, who knows what. Uh, maybe it was probably a wine from BB Hulk. I don't know. Possibly. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Paperclip if y'all don't uh, watch DGUSA. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Joe was uh, talking to the ring announcer, Larry Legend. And for some reason, uh, Christina decided to smash the glass bottle in the back of Larry's head. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why this happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why this happened, but this was a sick, uh, sick bump to see. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised Larry uh, wasn't busted open uh, because of this. Hopefully not, but yeah, that was pretty nasty. And then Christina Von Erie, after that, would go on to announce the, uh, or go on to do the ring announcing. And she pretty much did a half assed introduction for Necro Butcher, but very surprisingly knew a lot, the specifics to Masada's introduction, which when we'll, we'll get into that uh, not too much later, actually. As we're going to talk about this, into why she was into the solder. As long as she didn't go, no, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to say, her ring announcing just was horrible. Uh, I don't know why she was there, to be <laughs> honest. Of it. Well, then again, considering the fact she was probably drunk. Huh. I, I realized the reason that Larry had to be at the prices right tapings. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why he was away that's why they shipped him out before the main event he wanted to win that speedboat people you might actually be right on it depending when they do tapings as weird as that sounds but who knows just imagine we were right on that or Ashley was right on that why our show would take the credit but or you would or are I trying to take credit for it yes I might not be we need, anyway. to, make, we need to we need to phone up the people and see see when it was taped <laughs> oh damn it where's my international phone book oh god damn it it's about as thick as Encyclopedia Britannica just on the letter A damn but anyway the main event <laughs> yes yes the main event sorry they're a little distracted there I wish I had a picture of Christina Mario to say I was distracted but that was not the case and yes I am trying to say she is hot either way this was what you were expecting kind of well not exactly pretty good yeah. made of if you're expecting more it to be stiff because they are, they, you're you probably expect. If you're expecting it to be stiff, then you'd like that. There wasn't a lot of ultra violence or hardcore stuff, so to say. But there, there's still a couple spots pretty spaced out. More people were probably enjoy it that way. Not necessarily what you were expecting when the match was announced, but a decent affair nonetheless to keep Masada strong and the crowd. It really into Necro Butcher, almost wanting in a win. Not so much really hating on Masada, but just really like Necro here. So there's that. Yeah, I got to say, um, I was somewhat disappointed with the match. Not to say that the match was bad or anything. It was good. But uh, I was kind of expecting more brutality yeah, out of the I match. Because, you know, when you got Necro Butcher, you know you're going to get a hardcore match. Uh, that's, what, that's what I was expecting. But uh, that, was, that really wasn't the case. Uh, the, only, the only weapons I pretty much used was the chair and... I gotta say, for for what it was, they kind of used the they used it pretty well. I think the the only uh, somewhat sick bump of the of that match was, um, I believe, uh, Necro Butcher gate uh, tossed Masada through a 
a stack of chairs, and it, it looked pretty brutal. I believe, like, I actually thought that Masada might have bumped his head somewhere when he landed. If you want stiff wrestling, five words. Night event for me, Davey Richards. Oh, yeah, that match was probably... I'm not, not probably stiff. That match was stiff as fuck. We <laughs> <laughs> just say that Ready? right there. What was the match finish again, guys? Um... Did... what? It was the... Um, Ah, oh, goddammit, yeah. I keep forgetting the move. Is it the Skullfucker Buster? I know that's the Regal Plex, but I forget which one he calls it. I think it's that one. Well, I don't know what he calls it, What? but basically what it was, it was like a, a fisherman backdrop suplex. Yeah, the I, re- think, it was. I think it was the Regal Plex pretty much, yeah. Yeah, he, he hit two of them. Uh, he hit the first one, but he got like a two count, and then he had to hit the a second one again to get the win. And you know what? I got to say, uh, it was great to see Necro Butcher uh, back. It's, yeah. It's the first time I've seen him in quite a while. I know I know he's been wrestling in Mexico for the indie scenes. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that he's doing that, but uh, it's been a while since he's been in ZZW or in the States for that matter. And, uh, you know, the fans, you know, they, they were chanting welcome back to, to Necro, and uh, it was very well with the crowd. Hopefully he might come back for that. And, of course, like... got a... <laughs> Sorry, but uh, of course we got to mention what happened after the match. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> uh, Christina Varini came to the ring and went up to Masada and decided to lick his face. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what happened. Now I'm pretty sure most guys would enjoy that, but uh, for some reason Masada wasn't happy about it. Yeah, so, he's but he did. He did. Out. At the thought of yeah. her there. So he decided to powerbomb her in the ring. And it, it looked pretty stiff. And he basically... <laughs> 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 oh, that's a pain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was pretty funny. If you When you watch the powerbomb and you hear what Sandra described it, you'll get why it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> That will force you to kind of watch the ending if you don't necessarily want to watch the match. It's not even really that hardcore if you like the blood, like we said, so you might enjoy it more. But yeah, that one. We're getting people to watch the show, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what are your thoughts about the show? What's your grade? I'd say I'd give this a B. This was a good show all around. Like we said, the crowd was shitty, so that kind of hurt it but other than that um decent affair from czw leading into night of infamy and also leading into the much bigger show at hand than that being cage of death uh what do you think was the best match out of the whole show um i gotta say yeah the chris brothers uh versus um what was i say chris brothers versus um, uh, the, uh, the dynamic duo yeah, um, I gotta agree. Uh, I, I give the show a B. Uh, this is the this is literally the second uh, ZZW show I seen in its entirety. Uh, this is the second show I saw this year, with the first being the the best of the best, uh, 2012, which I thought was a really good show. Uh, for what it was, this was a pretty good, solid show. Uh, my only negatives were there were basically too many matches on this card, but granted. Uh, most of them were pretty short, and uh, even for indie shows, that's a bit too much. But you know, that's just me. 
Um, <clears throat> early OH. Holy shit, those shows oh, be God. Fuck. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, the best match, I agree with Randy. It, it was definitely the dynamic duo against Irish Airborne. That, that was a really good match. And uh, I like watching uh, both teams, uh, especially Swan and ACH. And I got to say, I'm actually looking forward to watch uh, the next show, which was Night of Infamy, when it comes out. I'm looking forward to watch that, especially the main event. That one really intrigues me. And for what they build enough for the Cage of Death, I'm actually considering watching it. And I got to say, um, I never thought I'd say this, but um, I might be a ZZW fan after watching this. I haven't heard that much bad things about as it. As long as you're not a Shane Douglas fan, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, but... Um, point, wouldn't it be good if WWE screwed up on the commentary? Here comes William Regal, and yes, it's the skull fucker, but I mean the Regal plank. <laughs> I'd probably be Matt Stryker because he tried to prove how much he knows the Indies so much. He blames yeah. his stats. Yeah. He blames oh, no, his stats. That's a he would do that a lot. JBL kind of does it a lot, too, but I don't know. It doesn't come off as condescending when... Well, not that Stryker does it all condescending. Maybe know it all, I think, is probably the better term, while JBL just comes out naturally like him in sports references. Well, i got to say, um, like I said, this was a, a pretty good, a pretty solid show. I would actually recommend people to watch it. You know, even for, for the first time, you know, uh, rent it, uh, download it. You know, you can watch it on hybrid, uh, ENT.TV. Uh, I believe you could buy it on our video. And, like, you know, if you're not uh, a fan of ZZW, I would actually recommend it because there's not that much, uh, you know, blood and guts in this show. There's a few, uh, you know, a few hardcore spots, but it's not that big. It's, it's definitely worth watching. Considering Randy told me to dub it ultra-violent, it wasn't that ultra-violent. Well, that's just what they call it. That's what it's called. It's ZZW. That's why I kind of made... Yeah, it's just, it's, not that it really mattered, but that's kind of... They can't it call is. it hardcore because then Moppy would be involved. <laughs> Possibly. Make sure it doesn't yeah. get sent to the wood chipper. <laughs> was that Java? Was it both Moppy and Chavo's friend? I can't remember. Anyway. Uh Pepe? Pepe, yeah. I think yeah, Pepe got it in the what uh took the wood chipper. Was it a Norman Smiley that did that? I don't remember. <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, that was a good review, guys, for uh, CZW. Uh, probably more CZW reviewed, possibly soon. Depends what other shows that we manage to get to see on here. But when we come back, something that we all saw, and by the looks of the Facebook page, a few of you also saw out there as well, which was the free stream for Wrestling is Fun's Bananaversary. Actually, I got to uh, stay up for the whole show, and I can actually <laughs> provide a decent thing. I watched all of it as I was getting the new laptop. So, to build up to that for the third part, here's some obvious link music. We'll see you in a few minutes. Work all night on a drink of rum. Stack banana till the morning come Daylight 
SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fatih. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. JJ His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... J. 
The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library. And it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. last show in November but I think we're just about on the cusp of November, December when next week's show will be up more than likely so it's the post-Thanksgiving one, I'll say that again because it's going to be post-Thanksgiving because best answer to say for it yeah because it is post-Thanksgiving <laughs> myself because then if it takes a year to get released then it's going to be before Thanksgiving but it's going to be after the Thanksgiving <laughs> recorded there or something I don't know but anyway podcast is being handled by DGUSA <laughs> <laughs> sorry I like to make jokes at their spits even though I'm starting to like the products a little bit more I will admit <laughs> so I'm interested in at least people I see there maybe not so much the storylines which we'll get into or at least some of the stuff that happens and some stuff which we'll get into when we cover the tri- their uh, last triple shot for the year but yeah as you can tell from the music from and the intro that I gave for the last part and if you're just listening to this part because you didn't listen to the second part then I said part way too many times but yeah, now it's time to talk. Wrestling is fun, and their second free purview, if that's such a thing, I think it is. The Bananaversary, because it's the first anniversary of Wrestling is Fun. Yes, they have been around for one year. So, I'm trying to think. We started off... We, we started off late on the stream. So I think Banana Versario, I just thought, is a good name for <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get the, uh, I guess, the stream sorted and everything, and it started with a match that I thought would be slightly later on in the card, and that was Fire Ant taking on Kobold, which, admittedly, I was there was some nice spots, especially because I think was this the one where the kids in the crowd were doing chops on Kobold? I think what? so. Or was it another match? 
I think this was wasn't this the one where I think the Batiri, yeah, they were pretty much interfering and pretty much I interfering for the I thought Fire Ant let some of the kids do chops on Kobold. He might have. Some of this might be a bit hazy to me because I only saw it the one time and that's pretty much all you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying ten dollars for it. If if I've seen it for free, I'll try and get my I think that's what I remember, but uh no offense Cobalt. to people at Smart Mark, but you will probably get our money for under the hood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll get. Oh no, more than likely, yes. Yeah, but Cobalt, I think, one with the Demon's Toilet, which did come into fruition, but a decent opening match, I will say. Your thoughts, Randy? And, uh, yeah, this was a good affair. This was interesting match, say the least, from what I do remember. A bit hazy on some of the details. I w- did watch this whole show, unlike the last one, which I was like, kind of in and out. Like, I saw some things happen, but some didn't. But nonetheless, a good affair here to start off your Vananiversary. Uh, I almost want to say the name I had, because that one actually is pretty good. Banana phone. <laughs> yeah, the one-year banana anniversary event <laughs> yeah the anniversary then uh next up was i think mean, it was scheduled to be oh what are their names which ones um oh, i can't remember the pair of them the flame something i don't know yeah they were clearly two guys that were basic. oh flames of love or something flames of love that's it it doesn't matter. The story. <laughs> Flames of Love were like on. They were on YouTube saying, "Oh, we're getting ready for a match. We're getting ready for a match," and their opponents were going to be the Devastation Corporation. Understandably, Flames of Love never showed up. Maybe that's why. So instead, Devastation Corporation took on James Garvin Jr. and Robert Backlund Jr. So this unofficial second-generation superstars here. <laughs> you know what I noticed, too, now that they did? Um, you know what I noticed now that I think about it, especially leading into King of Trios? I think that's a dig on Ryback slightly. Not so much the um, stable, but more the names of the jobbers. Or maybe they're just yeah. doing just that. I don't know. That might be a little <laughs> joke on that. Either way, still funny. And I like how Sidney Bacavella is still stuck in the 80s. Oh, yeah. He cut the promo. Kerry Von Erich, I know you're watching on closed-circuit television. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. That is genius. It reminds me of, and I remember reading about it too, and I was uh, watching it from straight out of Compton when um, there's a wrestler called the Duke, and he's stuck in the 80s too, and it's pretty awesome hearing <laughs> call people that are, um, call them by what their 80s equivalent would be. What, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Or is it the Duke? Or not the Duke. Oh, shit. I missed it. Jock Samson. That's who it was. That's who he faced that straight out of Compton. It was Jock Samson. Who's one of the A's. My apologies there to any AIW fans. <laughs> Put on a good show, by the way, with straight out of Compton. But as you'd expect, Devastation Corporation won. 
Yeah, a, your basic Devastation Corporation match, which from all the matches we've seen are squashes. I, I don't know what was going on with a the, the couple of people in the crowd because they nearly tried to get involved in every single match that they could. Oh, yeah, there yeah. was... During the... Um, Juan Francisco de Coronado match, it looked like a fight was about to break off at one point. Yeah. Yeah, there was a a couple of kids or something that got in Devastation's face. That's like, oh, I... I'm not going to miss that. Yeah, I remember distinctly that uh, the Juan Francisco de Coronado one, because, like, you see, like, uh, Gavin Loudspeaker trying to break him up. It's like, it looks like they're not having fun at the show. And, like, you never see this at a Chikara show ever. <laughs> Fans are very well-mannered in that respect. Yeah. Except for those kids. Except for them, although... Yeah. Uh, what's wrong with a little passion sometimes? But <laughs> nonetheless... <laughs> I don't think it was a passion. It was, hey, we can get on internet. <laughs> like, yeah, by getting your ass whooped. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, next up, we had Assailant taking on Hello Wicked. When this was actually a pretty damn, pretty pretty decent match here, I'd say. Uh, yeah. Very interesting ending as well. Some possible controversy. I'm not sure. Because oh, I'm trying to think, Assailant was pit, was it? I think Hello Wicked hit Sleepy Hollow. I think wasn't it? I don't remember off the bat. I think he did. I know it was Assailant that got pinned, and it looked like Assailant got kicked. He kicked out at two, but the referee counted three. Or something like that. Assailant was kind of adamant that it was a three count. That it was a two count, not a three count, so... One thing I did notice, though, is how quickly Assailant is really becoming a technical and really embracing the technical side, which is an interesting thing considering all the turmoil and chaos that the Gekido has caused and, uh, in general, also the Chikarba metrics. I tell so, you, the swarm is not going to be the same anymore. Yeah. Oh, the all, Gekido- of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's going to be a fourth member of the colony officially possibly and even the Gekido going under some changes or maybe as the Gekido who knows with <laughs> some yeah. interesting developments that happened at the cybernetic horizons uh, next up we had uh, Granakuma taking on Yaka oh yeah the former I think Johnny Mang was his name back in I think he still wrestles to Beyond Wrestling, but yeah, going at one point going under Johnny Mang, but you had Jaka here taking on Gran and Kuma and interesting match because both of them very similar in stuff. You know, Gran and Kuma's stiff, very kind of ground based. Although Gran and Kuma uh, does show some high flying t- uh, ability. Jaka, I don't remember really seeing him doing any high flying, but he's still your kind of ground based stiff worker. Or technician worker. I don't know, worker to me seems a bit too insider to say in that case. Anyway, uh, Jaka getting the victory here by making Granakuma tap out with a triangle choke, which is pretty interesting considering Akuma's a pretty tough guy. <laughs> yeah, and certainly. And uh, I'm a bit worried by Yaka biting on the ropes. 
don't know, maybe a bit of a wild man, so to say. I hope somebody wiped it afterwards or, you know. Yeah. I actually hope I actually hope he, he makes it to the Chikara main roster because I, I kind of like his gimmick. And I think, he, I think he would fit well with the Chikara uh, roster. Perhaps Haku will come out of retirement again. <laughs> Possibly. Haka, Yaka, and Smaka. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and hit, who's the mysterious Smaka? Oh, no, it's New Jack. God damn it, he's getting everywhere. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of Smackers, somebody that's handy with a baseball bat, Dasher Hatfield took on Icarus and... This was a very nice match between the two of them as well, because this actually was, I guess, kind of a teaser as well. Yeah. Because I think this this was originally supposed to be Saturine, but Saturine got injured in the warm-up for the weekend events on Shikara the previous week, so they pulled her out. So Icarus... uh, Dasher Hatfield replaced Saturine in both the matches for... Wrestling is Fun Show and the Shikara one, which will give you the results in a few minutes. But they'll pretty much sound the same. Well. <laughs> Sorry to spoil it, but yeah, they'll pretty much sound the same. What I do remember is when Dasher Hatfield did his, you know, hands in the middle kind of thing. He did, he did take somebody's hat as well, didn't he? I think he, he might have. And then I think when they did the like the 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 go team kind of hands in the middle thing I think those kids came back <laughs> seriously those kids want to be involved in everything but they're trying to get their shit in now they're like Brian Cage was it It was it was it oh what was it it was a top rope move wasn't it um maybe what had happened or oh yeah how he won yeah I remember up uh, yeah, he leaped into a uh, from I they believe the second rope. He leaped into an Oklahoma roll. Yeah, I really liked yeah, it. Leaping Oklahoma roll, which is very well put together. I will say that. Yeah, very impressed by that. Then uh, next up, Juan Francisco de Coronado taking on Greenhand. And yeah, I'm trying to. The, the the crowd were getting very pissed at the end. <laughs> I think because was it something where he was basically dissing the black people because he was Mexican or something? Oh no! <laughs> I don't know. He said that. <laughs> well, he must have said something to piss him off. And. Is it true that his uh, bodyguard is called Manuel Cervantes or something? Yeah. Which is abbreviated to Manservant. No, yeah. A lot of names. That's some genius writing. Uh, Yeah, that's a trademark at Chikara. A lot of the names you see with stuff are very... It has like a literal meaning almost in that. (laughs) Like Robert Backlund Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I got to say, um, uh, Juan Francisco, I, I actually enjoyed the finish of the match. Uh, the, it was somewhat of a, an inverted uh, Texas Cloverleaf, 
I think oh, the Tondo Clutch, yeah. Yeah, that looked really good. Well, uh, true leader Melissa really uses that as a uses that sometimes. Eddie Kingston doesn't use it as much now, but he really used that as a finisher back in the day. We're the wild cards days. If if he spends a bit more time and de- like, because I guess wrestling is fun could be seen as like development. He could be an interesting uh, member of. You, he could be an interesting newbie to watch next year in Chikara to get. Yeah. Promoted. Oh yeah. I think he'd be interesting because he has kind of the silly gimmick, even though it's, for lack of a better term, a Alberto Del Rio ripoff or maybe a send-up of that. But, yeah, he has an interesting yeah. gimmick, especially. And uh, one thing I got to give the commentators credit, especially because up until other than the uh, the, uh, the Allentown Potassium Massacre from uh, their first free preview, I hadn't seen any of the previous four Wrestling is Fun shows, and they do a good job of – describing like what led to him becoming Juan Francisco de Coronado because of course the fan, a lot of the fans were chanting Johnny Ego at him which was his former name and apparently he was tapping people out left and right till Green Ant came made him tap out then he came to find himself and there he goes with Juan Francisco de Coronado and if you notice and Ashley will attest to this too especially with King and Trio's Dasher Hatfield many times mentioned that he was Johnny Ego <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, on the commentary, Johnny, you go, Johnny, you go, Johnny, you go. <laughs> Who is this Juan Francisco de Coronado? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, that was the great thing. I think it was only Dasher was only on for that match. I think. I think so, or he might have been on for a match or uh, another match before it. But he'd prove to be a, uh, another interesting part later on in this show. Yeah, but the uh, penultimate match was Kodama versus the Estonian Thunderfrog. Oh, yes, the Estonian Thunderfrog. <laughs> Who is he? We'll probably never know until uh, Randy manages to look behind the curtain and see who it is. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. But it was... Um, yeah, as with last, as, as with last month's free purview... It was another DQ win for the Thunderfrog. Because, I think, yeah, the the Bateri actually came out, Kobold and... Ophidian. Ophidian. I say God damn it, why they had to put the two people with similar names in the stable? Oberian. Yeah. Oberian, Ophidian. <laughs> there you go, Oberian. Oberian was out there as well, and uh, pretty much early on, somehow, Kobold got a roll of toilet roll chucked on him and Kobold decided to keep some of it on his hat or in his mask. <laughs> Just Kobold randomly is a little character. Yeah. Well, three of them in general are very interesting. Apparently, one of their favorite foods is fetus jerky. Take oh, that what you uh, will do. Bet they sell that in Walmart. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they're getting their three pack of fetus jerky right now from Jack Fetus Link. They're feeding their wild side. Probably still did a hell redeemed joke, but <laughs> nonetheless. Yeah, if they're feeding their wild side, they're probably seeing Heath Slater at Wendy's. Ah. <laughs> Rest <But> foods. <laughs> if you thought the battery was weird. Uh, 
then I think Ophidian came out and they all started beating down the Estonian Thunderfrog. And then the Fredo of the Thunderfrog, the Latvian Great Oak. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god yeah I forgot what his name was I remember it had to do something with <laughs> Eastern Europe too. <laughs> <Latvia>. <laughs> <sighs> who are we going to have next I don't know but the I'm... Swedish Ikea furniture <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I think I'm gonna like this if this becomes a stable <laughs> Jakar. <laughs> or just Norway, the Norwegian elk hoof. <laughs> the Danish Hans Christian Andersen lover. Any other Scandinavian countries? I don't know. Wow, but yeah, that's some craziness there, but. Then we put some craziness aside as the Banana Championship was on the line. And it wasn't until I actually saw it that I actually realized the Banana Championship is a banana. It's not a title belt. It's not of anything of any significance. It's just a banana. Yeah. Of course, I'm yeah. guessing it's a different banana every night or unless... If this is the same banana since the very first show... This is going to be an old banana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably black by now. They probably should have just gotten a green banana at first. <laughs> I think even a green banana would have gone black after a year. Yeah, that too. It'd just be a pile of, like, mush. That's what it'd be. <laughs> already rotted, but... Uh, yeah, interesting stuff here. There was a video, like promo put out by Touchdown saying leave your baton that you like to use in the back leave your helmet that you like to use in the back and leave that other foreign object that you use, that floozy Veronica in the back and of course Veronica was out there so Touchdown came out with insurance and that was Dasha Hatfield No you mean Quackenbush came out with insurance no, yeah, Quackenbush had insurance. Well, technically, Touchdown had insurance because even Touchdown was kind of happy that his cousin won. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it was... It was a good match between the two, though. I will say that, Touchdown and Quackenbush. Probably match of the night. And... uh trying to think. The match finished with a roll. Oh, and it was... Uh, the, the top and it was the superplex, and somehow Angela said he got the pin on him, even though it looked like a double pin. Yeah, it was a double pin, and it was unclear whether who who had the shoulder down, but the referee had judged it to be um the touchdown had the kicked out or whatever, so he retains the banana. And, interesting uh, interesting kind of development in the match, considering how Dasher was there to make sure Veronica didn't cheat. Or or more or well more that uh Mr. Touchdown didn't cheat. And although and then Veronica almost playing a factor at one point, it led down to just touchdown able to get his shoulder up in time for the pin, really escaping with a victory there. Kind of interesting bookie on that hand where, like, he didn't need the help. 
and like really show, and I think it helps too, especially if it's with Dasher because he's not trying to screw up in front of Dasher, who is not very fond of how Touchdown conducts himself as a what wrestler. What I do remember is that half the time Dasher was just sat in the crowd with the fans. <laughs> Hello, I'm having a relax here. Yes. But, yeah, that's... Overall, I have to give it a grade. You can't give it any lower than a B because it's a free show. You can't just <laughs> take... Yeah. You can, well, if, you you can... Like, if you don't like the Chikara product, you probably <laughs> won't like wrestling as fun. Which is more kind of like what... I don't know, you nearly the, saw a legitimate fight with kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was that. <laughs> do, forget, do forget about... That was nearly a Tyson and Austin. Yeah, that was very interesting to say the least, because that's not something you normally see in Chikara, or Chikara and, and or wrestling is fun. <laughs> but yeah, that's... What's your grade for it? I'd say, uh, yeah, I'd probably go B, too. There's nothing wrong with it. It was a good show. Nothing wrong with it, but, you know, I'm appalled that the last time I'm, I actually missed a costume contest, and this time they had no costume contest. <laughs> Where's my balloons? <laughs> but, uh, Sandra, what were your thoughts? Well, uh, I can't really give a, an actual grade because, well, I, I missed the first hour of the show. Yeah. But, but from what I saw, what it was, yeah, from what I saw, it was a it was a good show. Um, although I have to say, it wasn't as good as their their last show. But I'll probably give it like a from what it was, uh, like a B minus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did say for people to uh, email in and either there or give their thoughts on the Facebook and. Uh, it looks like uh, Denny Carver. Uh, he got he joined it a little late, but said it was a pretty good show. And although that comment was done only about fifteen minutes into the thing, roughly. <laughs> and then uh, Anthony uh, Anthony Farley said that he only saw the last half of the main event. But from what he saw, he uh, he enjoyed it. It's pretty so, good. Nice to see some people did watch it and enjoy what they saw. Meaning yeah, that I think was a success. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get any emails, but we got some replies on Facebook, which is probably kind the best of, thing we'll get, which yeah. is fine by no, us. Knowing, knowing is half the battle. That's what it is. See, and yeah, and yes. <laughs> I'm just... I don't know whether their next show is going to be on free per view or not. Um, I don't know if it will be. That, might, that one they you never, might go out to see. They never mentioned it, if it was or not. So we'll probably yeah. find out in a couple of weeks. I'm guessing it won't be. Probably considering the show is, I think, December 29th. Oh, yeah, the last show. Which, that's interesting. Because so I think that means for all three shows, they've gone head-to-head... With uh, Shane Douglas, <laughs> which has been the better show, the one that doesn't involve Shane Douglas, probably, because I think yeah, because the show was this Saturday, as was Shane Douglas, 
Although I haven't um, heard, yeah, I really haven't. I don't think I've heard really a lot of positive stuff about Extreme Rising so much. So <laughs> probably tends to be a true statement. They could they could do it December 29th, but I'm just wondering whether the two free previews that they have done have been tests to see what their pay-per-view system is like ahead yeah. of yeah, I'm pretty their upcoming iPay-per-view. I'm pretty sure, especially because Under the Hood is going to be iPay-per-view. Yes. Indeed, but uh, before we get to that, some other Shikara stuff we should mention is results from Cybernetica Rises and yeah there was some interesting stuff that went down here which has effect for some of the matches that are on the card although I will say this Shikara well done on spoiling the probable identity of the mysterious and handsome stranger in your trailer for the event Although it was, although you could pretty damn well tell who it is, yeah. but regardless, <laughs> considering the crowd have always said we don't know you, I think we knew who it was. But well, the crowd's not assholes. Like I said, the crowd's not really too too snarky. Mm-hmm. Although they were for the submission squad. Well, the match, yeah, they deserved it. Although that with that last time, I felt that was kind of fucked up because mm-hmm. they're because they're actually pretty good. Have <laughs> you seen? In the sense that they just had a really shitty match three years yeah. ago. But that's it. I can't care yeah. less. <clears throat> so, Cibernetica Roses. We started off with this touchdown Mark Angelicetti defeating Soldier after using a wrench and tearing off an antenna. I think that's... I think tearing off an antenna is classified as uh, breaking off a limb, I think, isn't it? I don't know. Possibly. Well, well, this is the same guy who killed the bird. I mean, let's not forget yeah. that. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, the man's a murderer, and he's still wrestling for the promotion. If Pete's are listening, side. go for him. <laughs> yes. But then we... Uh, next up was very interesting. The Shard versus Fire Ant. Which mm-hmm. Shard won via submitting and via submission and tried to break Fireman's ankle but then Quackenbush made the save and then Jigsaw came out to stop Quack and by the looks of it, it either Quack Quack asked Jigsaw what they need to do to stop violence so Jigsaw then super kicks him and leaves with the shard so it looks like Jigsaw is gone heel, which is very interesting. I thought it could have been the other way just because of Quack's actions, but... And you know what's interesting, now that I just thought about this? If you do remember, like, who they say the people are, Jigsaw says he knows the shard is somebody that's a person in his past, and I just thought about who it might be, especially when we were who were talking for the pre-show, or possibly who it might be, I, I don't necessarily know for sure, but maybe it's Rorschach. Oh. Although I remember Rorschach being a mm. lot skinnier when I saw it. Was he that short? Probably. Um, I'd have to look at the stuff again. It might have been. No, I don't think he was really short. I think it's about Jigsaw's height. He... Cause I, yeah, because the short is kind of shortish. Because I thought it was somebody else. 
That's why I'm wondering who it is, if it's anybody that's known. Although an interesting development, nonetheless, to see Jigsaw turn heel or turn Rudo instead of Quack. Well, he's 5'9", so, I mean, I don't know how tall uh, Rorschach was. I don't know how to look that up. He might have been 5'9". That's, yeah, next. Uh, we then had uh, Icarus taking on Dasher Hatfield once again, and once again, Dasher getting the win. But Icarus wasn't happy with this, so he hit Dasher with the pedigree after. So it could have been a copy of the... <laughs> it could have been a carbon copy of what happened on wrestling is fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in the co-main event, I guess... One, two, three, Crit and Marty Janetti defeating the Heartthrobs, which means they have three points. Which um, means we have a new match announced for Under the Hood. Yep. Well, we'll get to that. To- oh, okay. We're about to talk. But, about yeah, it. you can you can guess because you know, we've got we got a new match. Because if you know what three points means, then what I mention in this next bit will probably make sense. Because yeah. The, the main event, it's Team Kingston versus Team Steen, which uh, was, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, uh, Steen, Jimmy Jacobs, the Campeones de Parejas, the Young Bucks, the Briscoe Brothers, and... Bravados. Yeah, the Bravado Brothers. <clears throat> taking on... I would say Team Kingston, but it isn't really because it was uh, Team Kingston. It was picked by Wink Vavasur, really, but it was Kingston. Most of those teams just chosen. Team Kingston chosen by Wink Vavasur, the director yeah. of fun. Um, Spectral Envoy, which was Hello Wicked Frightmare and Ultramantis Black. We also had... Uh, 3.0 in Granakuma. And then arguably the wild card. And the kind of. You knew something was going to happen because of the way King of Trios finished with Eddie Kingston's match. Tim Donst. Mm. So, in order of elimination, started off with Frightmare taking a sick beating before tapping to Kevin Steen's sharpshooter. Then Ultramantis Black pinned Harlem Bravado and then took out, um, oh, I can't remember his name. Lancelot. Lance, yeah, Lancelot. So Ultramantis Ultramantis taking out both the Bravado brothers. Then Jay Briscoe pinned Ultramantis Black. Then the Briscoes cheated by double-teaming Granakuma. So then Team Steen has the advantage once again. Then Jagged of 3.0 pinned Mark Briscoe. Then Jay Briscoe pinned Hallowicked. Then it starts to get interesting here when Tim Donst makes Briscoe tap out. And we get to four on four. Then Eddie Kingston pins Jimmy Jacobs after his uh, flying back first. 
then Matt Jackson and Jagged got knocked out then, so it was three on two. I can't remember what... I don't, I don't know what the order is because of the, what I've got listed here. Apparently, during this, Donst was attacking Eddie Kingston. And then, after this, Shane and Nick got eliminated, so it was just Tim Donst and Eddie Kingston versus Kevin Steen. And... Kingston then managed to do what he hasn't done in, is it ages or forever? Has Kingston beaten Steen? Um, I, don't, I don't think he has. No, that's not to of. my knowledge. Other than their, the... Um, their first at, encounter at... Hot uh, off the griddle. Yeah, that was a DQ finish. Because uh, Steen, uh, he kicked Kingston in the junk for the DQ. Mm. But, yeah, Kingston managed to get the win over Steen. But then it was down to Tim versus Eddie. And with thanks to uh, a weapon shot, which I don't know whether Jakob Hammermeyer gave it to him. I can't remember. But uh, Tim Donst won. And is your ninth Cibernetico winner. And then it's worth noting as well uh, that Dance and Jacob taped Eddie up to the ropes and then said, you've got two weeks' notice. So that means that the main event, arguably, of Under the Hood... Which we might as well say now is Eddie Kingston defending his grand championship against Tim Donst. A note, and it's an interesting note here that's made. Apparently, the Cibernetico match ran 66 minutes, which is believed to be the longest match in New York City since the 77 minute draw between San Martino and Pedro Morales in the 70s. And the show, the show also drew over 400 people with 375 tickets sold, which is a record for Chicago and New York City. So they did good. Yeah. Which is very good to hear, and hopefully they do well, as for, well for the uh, Under the Hood card. Now, uh, be- before we uh, preview uh, the IP review, I just want to say this. Um, I was right with what I said in my predictions last week, but I will say this. Uh, I was kind of thinking about this uh, before the show happened. Now that I think about it, I think it's a bit soon to do this match between Kingston and Dons. And the reason I say this is because if you've been watching the last couple of the Chikara shows, we all know how uh, Dons is treating uh, Jakob Haramayer. And if you watch the last two shows, you notice that the abuse took took it to the next step. At the last show, um, there was a point where we thought uh, Hammermeyer would strike King uh, Dance back, but it didn't happen. And I was kind of expecting for Jakob Hammermeyer to turn on Tim Dance at, at this show, but it seems that didn't happen. And I was kind of hoping that they would start the feud now for the IP review. 
and save the match between Dante and Kingston for next year, probably at, I guess, at Chikarsaurus Rex. Or WrestleCon might have been a... Big yeah, that might have been a good one. But you know what I think might be a possibility? If you want to put it that way, maybe that that is the point of it. They're still trying to do Donst and Hammermeyer, and Hammermeyer might end up costing Donst his shot at the Grand Championship. Well, that is true, but... Um, Although you know, I tend to believe that I think Donst is about to be Grand Champion. Well, you know what? I, I, I wouldn't mind if that would happen. I wouldn't yeah, mind. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I think he's had a good run. Yeah, and, and you know what? It would somewhat make sense because we all know um, Tim Donson has been going under a deep state of depression ever since he lost his hair to yeah. Howard Wicked at the, at the Chikarsos Rex. And with him beating Kingston, it would be a huge, a huge moment for him in his career, uh, especially in, in the promotion. Yeah, for somebody who's really done a lot his for the five years he's been there, especially as of recently, ever since he won the Young Lions Cup. He's really kind of just shot to the moon from that. He did well in the Cybernetico with the BDK two years ago. He was the last me- he was the last person eliminated when Sarah Del Rey won last year, and this year he is the winner of the Cybernetico. Yeah, and with that, we might as well uh, a preview what's been confirmed so far for the next IP review under the hood on uh, yeah. December second in Philadelphia. Philly. Uh, yep. Let's there. Yeah. <laughs> nice venue they had too for Jakarsaurus Rex. Oh yeah, it looks really good. But yeah, as I talked about last week, um That's where CCW I think should do their shows at ACH versus Angelicetti the rematch. Oh, the young Lions yes. Cup. Oh yeah. That match was really good, their Young Lions Cup uh final. Speaking of that, they also do the homecoming king and queen crowning. What makes me think a feral pigeon may have fixed the voting? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the pigeon actually fixed the voting, but I think we might be seeing a reunion. Yeah. Of sorts. Of sorts. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, because it can't be him, can it? A mysterious... Yeah. And handsome stranger? Who knows? We might, we'll have to find out. Yeah. Keep your eyes on your peckers, people. Or it could uh, be that girl that they have on their uh, the Throwdown Lowdown now. I forgot what her name was. Haven't seen a lot of the Throwdown Lowdowns recently either. She looks pretty, though, but I, it's probably going to be the two that we're talking about. You've also got the interesting two points versus two points. Winner gets the title oh, yes. From last year, too, they had this with the Colony and the Young Bucks, this time now being Fist and 3.0. The, um, of course, uh, Fist having lost the titles to the Young Bucks and 3.0 having lost the titles to Fist, beating and, lo- uh, beating and later losing the titles to Fist. So that's going to be an interesting match there, your number one contenders match for the Campiones. Mm. Unless, of course, it's a double disqualification. Yeah, of course, but... Nobody wins. (laughs) I highly doubt that. The most intriguing, which was announced last week, it was Delirious Ophidian and the Bateri taking on the Spectral Envoy. 
Oh, yes. Two. Oh, yeah. It was at the time last week with two blank spaces. Yeah. But one of those two has now been filled and the long-awaited return of Crossbones. Yes, Crossbones. Oh, yeah. Making, I think the last, yeah. He, what's weird is he hasn't made a lot of appearances this since since Delirious uh, sent him into the post uh, two years ago. But other, the most of the appearances have been in multi-man matches. In fact, I think all three of them, at least match-wise, have been. Because there was the one a year ago when they had the feud ender against the... Um, uh, was it the Dark Army back then? What was it called with... Um, with um, Fuck, I can't think of his name now. Uh, Sin Bodhi. If we all remember Shikaru. Oh, uh, I forgot. Yeah, now that I think about it, he kind of sucked in Chikara. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let, let me put it to you like this. He was kind of, last year, he was kind of the guy that was going to be ooh, the big, uh, use this like seeing from TV tropes, the big bad, like the the number one Rudo, especially because the BDK was not as high as they used to be. And he pretty much kind of failed, although part of it might have been an ill-timed uh, uh, thing he did at King of Trios when he uh, when he put his tie up in a hanging motion, which of course this happened a couple of days after Larry Sweet uh, after Larry Sweeney committed suicide, which was not a joke on that by any means, but that didn't win him any fans either at one point, and he, him even having to address that at the next show because of that, but nonetheless he just really didn't work out there. Yeah. Like and uh, I, a lot of people probably can see why he because Arnie didn't work see, out. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just intrigued. Now who the fifth member of the Envoy is going to be? That's what I'm wondering because if you because uh. you would have to go back into all their past to think of who would it be so much like Hydra. If you want to go back order the Mia Sol- Solar Temple, there's possibly Hydra. Which would be very interesting because, of course, a lot of people think of Cobalt as an evil midget Hydra. <laughs> um, well, that would be the obvious choice, wouldn't it? Because I, I don't see anybody else being on the, the last spot. Yeah, I can't think of anybody. Blind Rage, I think, has long been, long been retired. So that would, uh, and he had some dealings with Ultramantis. Um,. And then I don't know so much on the Delirious side or anybody the Batiri fought with and or Ophidian because Amasis is retired for good. I highly doubt. Estonian John- Thunderfrog. Estonian Thunderfrog. I highly <laughs> no. I doubt no. Erickson comes back, a.k.a. Jonathan Gresham. Um, highly, yeah, because I already know. So it well, this be an interesting. Well, I guess in some ways you could bring Amasis back, but you would put somebody else on as a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is possible. That is Who is Ophidian's tag partner? Amasis. Amasis. Yeah. That that would be a swerve. That would be, but yeah, but Amasis can't. Right? That's the whole point. We said yeah, that no. would yeah. be the best. Yeah. Would yeah. Be it would be interesting if it could happen, but it won't. But yeah, sadly, he won't. He doesn't uh, wrestle anymore. I'm just putting it out there as well, even though he's going to be busy two weeks later. Put El Generico in there for no reason. Um, You could. I highly doubt he gets put in there. 
Come on. It's the guy that wants to be Ring of Honor champion versus the booker of Ring of Honor. <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, Amasis, you know, I, this just reminded me. Uh, I remember listening to a, a, a Chikara podcast several months ago, and they they brought up a theory of uh, bringing a new Amasis, but putting ACH under that gimmick. Oh, I was I, thought, I think that would have been really good. AC. I, I say either it would either have to be ACH or Rich Swan. See now I'm just wondering, can ACH pull double duty? Uh already I wouldn't be surprised if they put ACH in there if they started using him more because yeah. going back to John Gresham, that's what they ended up doing with him and those Syrian Portal, they put him in the mask is Ericon. And then he just kind of fizzled away. Yeah. Wasn't too bad though, but he. Eh. I'm just looking just through. Or maybe you could bring in. Uh, to be Quacken, I'm guessing it's going to be Quackenbush versus Jigsaw could get added. Yeah. It has to be. There's nobody else in the Technicos that really is available. Or maybe just for the hell of it, just put in. Um, oh, fuck. What's his name? Um. Uh, Randy, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, uh, he used to team with the Syrian Portal at the King of Trios one time. Um, he, um, the big ass dude, right? Yeah. Oh, there were the two Jacob, of them. It was Mega Monkey and uh, Scorpion Egyptio. Yeah, but I'm talking about Drake Younger. Remember? Oh, that? maybe you could bring in Drake Younger. Although yeah, he looks in. It. What's up? But just for the hell of it, you know, just for one match. That could happen because I think Cage of Death would be the next. Hell, that might be. Cage of Death would, yeah, the following week. So possibly that's not a bad one, come to think of it. Yeah, just put them in the Osirian gimmick and that's, there you go. (laughs) Possibly. Although it was more, I think, yeah, Drake was brought in more because it was. um, because of the because of stuff that happened with the past between him and uh, Vin Gerard. I think the unstable right. general too. But that if they do go back on that, that would be really interesting. But we'll see. So yeah, we've spent now a lot of time discussing, <laughs> which means I don't know what the hell we're gonna do oh, next week. We're gonna have to do picks and everything. It's really really tough. But yeah, that's Shikara. But I think Sandra, you've got a couple. Uh, you've got a few minutes to quickly run through the card for uh, upcoming shows. I think for AAW and AIW, is it? Uh, yes, we'll quickly run them over. Um, the first one is uh, AIW uh, Hell on Earth Eight, which will be the, this Friday in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, a couple of matches that, that have been confirmed. Uh, uh, the first match is a Beyond Wrestling Showcase with uh, Dave Cole taking on Biff Bis- Busick. Uh, the next match is the Submission, submission Squad with Gary J uh, taking on Jock Sampson and a mystery partner. Uh, oh, next- that's New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next match is a uh, Davey Vega against Josh Alexander. Uh, the next match is for the AIW Women's Championship as the current champion, uh, Allison Kay, uh, defends her title against Casey Warfield. 
uh, Gregory Iron and uh, Vita Scott will make their announcement for on their future of the promotion of AIW. Uh, the next match, uh, somebody you might remember, uh, Colin Delaney, will take on Ethan. Oh yes, the guy that got slapped by Colt Cabana. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, he did. Uh, now you up. remember. Okay, now you remember the spot that they were. That, that's why I thought it was really funny at King of Trios when Colt Cabana kept on getting hit because that was the spot in particular where it happened. And notice how 3.0 were also got hit in that, and they kind of got some revenge on Cabana there. Yeah. Uh, the next match is. is- it's kind of weird because they announced a uh, it's for the AIW tag team titles uh, with the current champions Batiri uh, with their manager. Uh, if you can believe this, uh, Veronica, uh, you know, you know from Chikara. Wow, uh, she's breaking out her yellow face paint. <laughs> <laughs> well, they haven't really announced it, their opponents, but it just said to be determined. So, I mean, when you're at the show, I guess you'll just find out. Uh, the next match is a uh, three-way dance, and it's actually for the number one contenders for the AIW Tag Team titles. As uh, Euthanasia, um, you might remember M-Dog 20 and um, Josh Prohibition. They're going to be teaming up once again, uh, taking on the Irish Airborne and Aeroform of uh, Lewis, uh, Lewis Linden and Flip Kendrick. So that should be an interesting match there. Uh, next match is uh, A.R. Fox, who's going to take on Facade. Oh, that's going to be very high-flying match. That's got potential, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Facade's all right. Eh, he's not, like I was kind of okay. mentioning, he's okay, but he's a bit botchy, <laughs> to say the least. Other than that, he's decent. That's probably why you don't see him on a lot of other... I know he's done, like, CZW a few times, but he's kind of... He's kind of around, but he's kind of in the promotions, not not the top tier promotions kind of in these, but kind of, and I'd say in the middle, so to say. Uh, the semi-main event is going to be a, a somewhat of a, a storyline going on in the promotion as uh, Team AIW is going to take on uh, Team Nixon. Um, Team AIW consisting of, get this, Eddie Kingston, BJ Whitmer, Tim Dance, and a mystery partner. As they're going to take on the Team Nixon of Ricky Shane Page, Eric Ryan, Bobby Beverly, and another mystery partner. New Jack's going to be on both sides. <laughs> Something tells me one of those mystery partners might be Gargano. Well, you're wrong because the main event of the show is... Uh, okay, I was wondering if Gargano had a love match. <laughs> Johnny Gargano is going to take on Michael Elgin... Ooh. And this one should be really good. I'm actually looking forward to see that match when it comes out on DVD. That's an interesting match because there's only a few promotions you can really see them wrestle at, considering where, considering their statuses and two promotions in particular. Of which you choose AIW, kid. Well, yeah, one that being AIW. Well, not so much Elgin Gargano, yeah, but of course, for those of you that don't know, if I had to simplify for you. Michael Elgin works for ROH and Gargano working for DGUSA Evolve. And yeah, they kind of can't work. Well, El Generico, although they're like, what about El Generico? He does have a contract. He's a special case. 
El Generico can just reappear by just turning up with a mask in a box, apparently. Yeah. Well, he will be there for final battle, so there's that. Okay, and the next show, which is actually the next night on Saturday, uh, AAW is going to have their Windy City Classic 8 in Chicago. Uh, some of the matches that have been confirmed so far, uh, first up is a Bourbon Street fight with uh, Darren Corbin and Marion Fontaine taking on Lamar Tyen and Tweak Phoenix. Uh, next match is, uh, if you watch, if you remember the last show, uh, what happened, um, it is Mischief taking on Truth Martini. Oh. As long as there's no leg gashes again. <laughs> I hope he's recovered from that. Dear Lord. I think he was doing fine. That's good to know, because that gash looked bad. Yeah. Uh, next match is is Cabana taking on Shane Hollister, and his stipulation is if Cabana wins, uh, Shane Hollister's manager Scarlett will be Cabana's personal assistant for one week. So that is the stipulation going on in that match. Somehow, I think that means Cabana wins. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Uh, the next match is for the AAW Tag Team Titles with uh, everybody's favorite tag team, the current champions, Jimmy Jacobs and Eric Cannon, taking on <laughs> Irish Airborne. The dysfunctional uh, unit of Cannon and Jacobs. <laughs> the DUF and AAW. Masturbating in the ring or taking a shit in the ring? God damn you, Callahan. Oh, that's Cal- oh yeah, Callahan and Cannon are DUF. Jacobs isn't, but... In AEW, they'd probably be their version of Dirty Ugly Fuck. Jacob's unofficially is, especially with his actions last year. Oh, yeah, the scum. Well, they're all kind of one big happy. Well, no, with the fact that him and... Yeah, I know what him and yeah. Cannon did. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen again. That's literally dirty no. old fucks. <laughs> yeah, that, that, just, it's, that just seems weird, and it took way too much time. Not so much that they couldn't do the weird thing, but that it took all that chunk of time just to get over that for just what's probably going to be the only time they do that. Or at least maybe it'll be funny this time. Who knows? (laughs) Okay, uh, the semi-main event is uh, Sammy Callahan taking on the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. That's going to be an interesting match. Yeah, you had it. Didn't we talk about this, Ashley, or you don't remember it yet? I don't, Ken I don't remember Ken Shamrock making his return. Yeah. I actually mentioned that. I, 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 oh, yeah, they I mentioned, mentioned that he was going to be on the show, yeah. They mentioned yeah. he was going to be on the show. I vaguely remember that, yeah. Yeah, he's taking on Callahan. That's certainly got potential, definitely. Technically, I think WWE could be there just as a tryout. And then just despite Sammy Callahan's face, they sign up Ken Shamrock again. Well, before I announce the main event, uh, just a few people that will be on the show but have no matches. Uh, Silas Young, BJ Whitmer, Kyle O'Reilly, ACH, uh, and Dan Lawrence will be on the show. Just to name a few. And uh, the main event of the show is for the AAW world title as the current champ, Michael Elgin, defends his title against Davey Richards. Rematch. This would be uh, their third and. In- 
this would be uh, the third encounter they've had this year. Early third out of one of the course uh, showed out in the sun, uh, Battle of Los Angeles Night One and Winty City Classic Eight. Uh-huh. And then- More than likely, I think Elgin's going to end up being the winner of this series here. So with that, I think that's everything from us for this week. Uh, make sure that you check out all the shows that are coming up on the SS Radio Network. We've got every Tuesday Wrestling News Live at 9pm Eastern with JJ and Bronx. Hopefully you've all and uh, You've all enjoyed Taboo Turkey Day as well. Gobble, gobble. You're not too overly stuffed by us or whatever. <laughs> if Grandma Dog turns up, you know shit's about to go down. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but then you've also got uh, running the ropes with Curly and Mav at 4 Eastern, I believe. Then... At 10.30 Eastern, straight after the TNA post-show, you have... Um, trying to think. You've got TNA Chat Live with Bronx Harbor. Then Fridays, you've got the open book with myself and Sean at 11 Eastern. 11 p.m. If we went 11 a.m., I think I'd just fall asleep. Even though for me it'd be 4 in the afternoon. Yeah, I've kind of reverted to being American in my time of sleeping, which isn't good. Probably killing me on the inside. But anyway, and the other show I mentioned, Sunday Night Showdown, which isn't coming for a couple of weeks, but the next one up should be TNA coverage of the Final Resolution show. I think it is December 9th and then December 16th the week after WWE's TLC and then that will be all Sunday Night Showdown for 2012 so that's all the live shows Randy what podcast should people listen to? There are many, many fine podcasts you should listen to on the SNS Radio Network. First of all, you should check out Beyond the Bell, hosted by Sean Beckerman, previewing, or previewing, prevailing. I don't know what I was going to say for sure. He's going to talk about the past on the show and other things that you might (laughs) like, too. Sorry about the little flub there, but shit happens. You can also check out The Hard Way. Another podcast hosted by a couple Brits you might know, Danny and Adam. Adam used to work with Becca at Headlocks. Um, you can also check out the Elite Force podcast, Midweek and Weekend Edition. And you can also check out, I don't know, the podcast you're listening to right now, the whole indie show. If you've downloaded this by accident, then... Downloaded by accident every week. (laughs) There you go. But uh, with that, I'm savaged by... What is it about flying insects and trying to kill me or something? Anyway, but Sandro, uh, uh, any last words? 
Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, if you know any uh, fans of the indie scene that like indie wrestling, you know, talk about this show. You know, tell them to listen to the show, download it. You know, tell them to send us emails and uh, actually tell them what the email is. Yeah, email address is wholeindy at snsradionetwork.com. That's the word whole and the word indie with a Y all in one word. So wholeindy at snsradionetwork.com. Yeah, spread the word. Spread the word. Spread the word. It's... Yeah, we'd like to get as many people uh, talking. We'd like to get... I know there's a few people that I'm interested in possibly bringing on and getting their views as well if they uh, are around. I might have to hit some people up to see if we can do some kind of thing for the holiday season or break or some point some point early in January possibly do a review of the indies over the you know review of 2011 in 2012 because then 2011 will have actually finished because if we did a review show next week it would be oh wait Ring of Honor still got a show CZW still got a show Wrestling is Fun still got a show oh wait New Jack's got a show hmm but yeah, uh, again, thanks Sandro for joining us for this week's show. It's a pleasure. No having you thanks on. for having me. Uh, Randy, any uh, final words from you? Um, oh no, really. There's, I don't know what to say. I'm pretty happy. Football report for this week: the Broncos are still winning. I'm pretty happy at my team right now. We're, I'm pretty confident we're going to win ten games this year going to go on to the playoffs because all the other teams suck dick on our division. Shame <laughs> Especially Trey's team, team sadly. And damn. Shame your soccer team lost your manager. Oh. Mm. Chelsea's been seeing some rough times too. So, yeah. It's been what good makes and bad. Me think, what makes me think the guy on the hard way are laughing? <laughs> they probably are. I know they... <laughs> I know, I think Adam for sure isn't a Chelsea fan. I believe he's a Manchester City fan. Hope I got that right. I don't know for sure about Danny. Only talked to him a couple times. One of these days, I need to talk soccer with him because I still keep up with my team. And though we lost to Juventus earlier, fuck. And then Liverpool with Luis Suarez. I know Santo Loco's laughing at that one. (laughs) And now Crowley, if he did listen to this, is going, damn it, they're talking sport. (laughs) <laughs> and also, and also, sorry to make a dig, even though he's not here to hear it, which I rather wish he was, regardless of what I'm saying. But <laughs> let's say it. Let's say a prayer for the Kansas City Chiefs and their season. They're, they're pretty shitty. Sorry, Trey. Since <laughs> 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 you got the Cardinals that are winners, oh, somewhat winners. They made the playoffs, so that's better than what the Red Sox did. <laughs> <laughs> so with that and everything that went down. That was Randy. That was Sandra. This was Ashley. And all of that that you just heard was your weekly slice of indie goodness. Song of the Night, dedicated to Matt Hardy. Seriously, man, go to the emergency room, and while you're going there, listen to Paramore. Night, people. Peace.
I regret nothing.